Hey there, Puck Timers. Welcome back. Time for episode four of the podcast. Hope everyone had a great family day long weekend. So pleased to introduce our first guest on the show. Welcome, Sher Abdullah. Thank you? you. Good to be here. Excited to be here again. Yes. So for those who don't know, we did try to shoot an episode before due to technical difficulties. Or either that or Sherrier was just so bad I couldn't broadcast that to the world. <laughs> it was probably that. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of background on you. We'll get into start with the segment, uh, what's your story, just so the listeners can get a good glimpse of who you are, what you do, hockey background, our background. Then we have so much to get into, so we'll get right into it before you start. It should be known, Sherrier and I have known each other for, we've done the math like numerous times, we range between 12 to 15 years, yeah. more along the 15 years. Uh, right. We grew up together, his brother and I and my brother, four of us were pretty tight growing up. Yeah, even sister too, like I mean, you know, like I think the whole family and stuff, we just kind of knew each other for a really long time, so. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's nice that, you know, that we're going to be finally getting this uh, episodes going and uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your hockey background? Yeah, so after I did sports journalism uh, six years ago, I decided that, you know, I wanted to be a little bit close, you know, uh, with uh, hockey and uh, just kind of understand, like, how the hockey player, how the development side of hockey player works. So I decided to take hockey management and uh, GM course with Sports Management Worldwide. It was all online and that's where I kind of fell in love with the whole industry where I became a scout. I did an intern scout with Pacific Force Sports and then I jumped into doing a little bit of freelancing. I started profiling like hockey players all the way from like junior B all the way down to we're talking about like you know uh, midget triple A, midget double A, uh, we're talking about bantam triple A, bantam double A I went all the way down to like PV Major and even like Adams to see like, you know, what the kids are like. And I didn't actually scout the Adams or the PVs. I just kind of helped understand, try to get a good understanding of like how kids work and how creative they are when it comes to skill with the puck and away from the puck. And just kind of understand how the skill works from, from the lower ground all the way up to Junior B. I am right now currently in the middle of uh, signing a contract now with the... Uh, International Hockey Academy. It's a yeah. school which I don't think I told you about, but I have been in the middle of it. And my hope, I'm pushing to become a video coach and also an assistant coach. So I'll actually be on the ice sometimes with the team while explaining them and kind of like, you know, help them understand the philosophy and uh, where the game has gone from where it is today with like the younger kids and try not to stumble on the ice because I'm not the greatest skater. <laughs> I've always like worked away from the ice. Uh, I think I, 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 I'm very effective off the ice than I am on the ice. We're good watchers, not uh, skaters. Exactly. And again, I never tell younger kids. I've never told a younger because you need to do this and that. You know me. Like I, I think I've always tried to understand what a kid thinks instead of like telling them what they where they need to be. Because I'm no Wayne Gretzky or far away from like like I don't understand the game as a player. I just understand the game as a fan. And now as what what a perfect team would be or close to a perfect team would be for me to like manage something. And uh, that's what I want in my players, the tendency, the habits, the things that I've watched over the last like 10, 15 years in postseason, how things have changed. 
yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing where this opportunity is going to be taking. I believe it's going to start uh, mid-March. Maybe it'll be full-time, like my away from my enterprise work, starting August as a video coach and in the uh, players' development. So we'll see where it goes, and hopefully when we get a chance to talk again next time, I'll have more information on it. But yeah, that's a little bit of my background. Yeah. No, that sounds good. And it, maybe you want to go into how, like, how video has changed, you know, from before just being, we're all looking at game tape of the other team, how has it evolved from that into what it is today? Um, I, I think right now it's just about building a conversation with the younger generation and uh, the the uh, the players now. It's, it's literally trying to figure out like, you know, uh, where their mindset was when they made a play in a, in a deep neutral zone or at their own end. You just want to try to understand the player. So, for me, it's not about telling them, like, you made a mistake there. It's about, why did you do that certain way? What was your initial thought, you know, when you made that play and when you passed that puck to this other zone or even, like, to the open ice? And I think you're just trying to understand, like, who you have on the ice and then continue to use the video as, like, a tool to, like, really understand the player. So then you can put them in the right position because you want to use them with their strength and you want to try to see if they're willing to work on their weaknesses as well, too, because... You don't want to be good at one thing now these days. And we talked about, like, we just recently talked about Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman, I've been watching. A lot of people are not, like, a New Jersey fan. But with me, I don't have a favorite team. There are obviously few teams. I cheer for any Canadian team. That's how I am. But, yeah, there's a lot of, like, weird teams that I watch that not a lot of people watch. I don't know if, if I'm the only one. I don't think I'm the only one. But Florida, I watch, like, a lot of Vincent Trocek. Blake Coleman is somebody that I've watched for, like, almost seven years. And I've noticed that, you know, this guy's, this guy went from like, you know, some, some speedy guy to somebody who's understand the game at such a higher level. He just doesn't do one thing good. He's like, in a baseball term, there's a five tool player. He does everything right. Yeah, he's a, he's a Swiss Army knife. A he lot is. of people don't uh, realize no. that he's been in the league for nine years. Exactly. Exactly. He's been in the league for nine years. And what he's about to do for Tampa Bay in the playoffs, we're really about to see. I mean, he's, he's, he, for a small time player, He's got a very big hype because he might be one of those guys that would just fit right in with like, um, uh, let's say, Braden Point or even like Andre Pallott. Like Andre Pallott, Braden Point and Blake Coleman would be one of those lines that would actually damage Destroy you in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But again, they're, they're just fast. They're fast. Their transition and their speed is super fast. And he's like almost a perfect. Is he going to be that player? We're not sure. But it's exciting to just even think about how the players are going to be like. So yeah, those are my backgrounds and that's how I think the video is because, you know, you're just trying to understand the player and they're trying to help them understand like, you know, you can be good in all different uh, zones and you can be good in like, you know, small, small game, small area games and stuff too. That's the biggest thing for me. Just how to develop the little things and you see that more in the NHL with the players using the iPads and always trying to look at what that play was, what they could have done differently. So. That definitely makes sense. And we'll get into more of the frenzy of trades yeah. in our scandal segment. TSN is probably crying the last couple of days just with all the trades and the fact that now their Monday show has gone from great to very, very boring. Uh, but you never know. There might be another another frenzy coming up. Well, they're always talking about the Leafs, so then... <laughs> you know Because the Leafs are a hot topic, especially what they've been doing in the last, like, what, four games? And I don't know if you saw, but there was this one uh, video I just saw this morning of uh, Jeff O'Neill 
absolutely ripping oh, yeah. on the Leafs. And I heard I'm just about like, that. And again, he's a Leafs player who's worked hard when he was here. And yeah, yeah he, he just, he never held back. And I love that because he's passionate about his former he, team. He's a former, yeah, he's a former Leaf. Carolina Hurricanes. He, yeah, I, I heard him rip on the Leafs and I definitely felt that as well, for sure. So we got into a lot in our last episode about the Battle of Alberta. And I just like to look at the Battle of Ontario versus the Battle of Alberta. So if you look at the Battle of Alberta and even Alberta against Vancouver, you see how intense that those rivalries are. You see that both teams want to almost kill the other team. They want those two points. Do you think that's a bigger thing because they're all in the playoffs? But then you look at the Battle of Ontario and you look at Toronto versus Montreal, and it's not like, there's not that or much... Or Toronto versus the Senators, like... Yeah, the to. Battle of Ontario, and then the battle between yeah, the yeah, original yeah. six That's of right, Montreal yeah. and Toronto. Yeah. Like, these are two rivalries that... And even Buffalo against Toronto. These are rivalries that they used to be big, and now all of a sudden... Well, the Ottawa makes sense, because a lot of Ottawa's team were Leafs last year. Like Ennis, Connor Brown, Hainsey, Zaitsev, like a lot of those players were Leafs before. Yeah. And then you have a couple former Senators on the Leafs team, including Spezza, who's had a great season this year. I hope he comes back next year. Yeah. But why is that? The Toronto rivalries aren't so big, but the like the Battle of the Hudson should be bigger, but it's not. I, in the West, they're all must-see games. Well, I think it's a transition. Like, it's the uh, franchise transition, right? That's the thing. Senators has gone through a lot. Um, Leafs are just... Leafs are a really, like, weird team. I can't even, like, say they're Jacklin and Hyde. But I, I think Leafs, with how skilled they are, they're still trying to figure out who they are. They are, like... They've got a skill that can match anybody. But I think they, they rely too much on skill and... It's they're in a really weird transition. That's what it is. The thing is, I don't I don't know what the Leafs are because I haven't paid much attention to them because I don't think they're a threat this year. Like a lot of people thought that you know they're gonna go really far, and even with the Flames too. Like I'm surprised that the Flames are actually battling for a playoff spot because uh, you know I, I said to a lot of people that I knew and I didn't go out and just said it uh, from you know somebody who just kind of tries to understand the game at like the deeper level. And like really try to see everybody else compared to just trying to be a fan of Canadian teams. I had the Jets and the Flames missing the playoff this year. I had the Jets missing it. See, the Flames and the Leafs are actually almost the same team. Yeah. Okay. Just can struggle defensively if their goaltending doesn't show up. They almost like they rely on their goaltending a lot. It's not to say that other teams don't, but these are two teams that if their big guys don't show up, they're not that like they're not winning that game. Yeah. And, so and the goaltending hasn't been a problem for the Leafs or the Flames this year. Especially the Flames, because they've actually had like pretty good goaltending. Yeah, Talbot's been pretty good. And Riddich has been really good, too. He's taking on that starting role. But, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, uh, in a lot of different ways, they are actually very similar because how skilled they are in front, right? Yeah, but and relying on that. And so when Freddie Anderson doesn't have a good game, they almost lose. And now they've dropped a doozy in Buffalo. And then in Pittsburgh, like, they've let makes sense, three so I mean, goals. Like, yeah, so they've let in three goals in a couple minutes in both games, which kind of kills it for them. 
in the Buffalo game, you could argue that it was that penalty, the phantom call against Mazin that kind of killed it for the team. What happened there? He was called for like a trip or a slash, and it was a nothing play. Like he had oh, one okay. stick in his hand. Like it was. He, I don't even think he grazed the guy's hand. He didn't even like. He didn't even hit it. Yeah. And he got called for it, and that. That's gonna happen in a long season. You're gonna see like these <clears throat> mismatch calls and stuff too. And that that's the thing. I don't even look at the refs anymore now because I I think refs can control just a little part of it. It's literally how you start the game. And if you can just kind of set the pace, and a lot of teams have trouble setting paces. But I think it's the refs. No, well, I, and we'll get into this yeah, in a yeah, little yeah, bit. We will, so, yeah. But what I want to touch to is what's wrong with the Leafs right now? So I think a lot of people are trying to make a goalie controversy where there isn't one. Like a lot of people are fighting for Jack Campbell to start this game, but there is no goalie controversy. Freddie Anderson is the starter right now. There is no 1A, 1B in this situation. It is one is Freddie Anderson and two is Jack Campbell. Now that I'm not trying to say that if Freddie Anderson isn't performing, because you do have to fight for the season and you do have to fight for the playoffs. So I'm not saying that no, don't start Campbell at all. But what I am saying is, Freddie Anderson is your number one. Give him a chance to redeem himself against Pittsburgh tonight. And if he does, great. If he doesn't, then we'll make the decision from there. But don't just throw him to the Wolves, especially in a game where, yeah, he did let in some goals and that fifth one was on him against Pittsburgh on Tuesday. But other than that, the other goals, you could blame a lot on the penalty kill and the defense. And my main beef with the penalty kill is that you have players like Zach Hyman, Pierre Engvall that are not pure centers taking draws. The Leafs don't have a dedicated center for the PK at all. And that's a big problem. Their penalty kill has been faltering as of late and it's costed them games. So that's something where the Leafs need to address that. And I've heard that Mulgan does kill penalties. So and we'll get to that trade later. But I've heard that he does kill penalties. And he is a center. So that might help the Leafs out a little bit. Maybe a reason why they did make that deal. But there's a lot more than just the goaltending. And yes, you need good goaltending. But Freddie Anderson is the bona fide starter. That's not a controversy at all. And I'm glad that he's starting tonight in Pittsburgh. We're recording this on Thursday, February 20th. So Frederick Anderson is getting his chance of redemption against the Pens again today. They lost on Tuesday. A lot of people are calling for Jack Campbell to start because he's been pretty good in his first couple starts as a Leaf. And I'm not denying that. But he was not brought in here to try and steal Freddie's job. He was brought in here to stabilize that backup position. And I think he knows that, and I think the team knows that. Every time that a goalie isn't doing so well, and it's not just on him. Like, Pittsburgh, I don't believe is on him. The fifth goal was on him. That was his mistake. But he has been outstanding for the Leafs for the past three years, and you can't just throw that in the trash just because your backup is having a couple good games. Freddie Anderson is going to be the starter for, the, for this year and next year. I don't think that anyone's debating that. I think if... He doesn't, like, you put him in today, and Pittsburgh's red hot right now. So, yeah, exactly. the fact that they lost him, I'm not surprised. It was a bad mixture of, like, one team that's still trying to figure out what they are after having such a good start to, like, you know, a team right now that's actually, like, you know, if you look at two teams who are, like, you don't want to play against, it's pretty much Tampa, Tampa Bay. Tampa and, and then depends, Pittsburgh yeah. right now. And even, like, at some to some extent, you don't want to play the St. Louis Blues again. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they will kind of slow down a little bit. And on points, they're not like on 80s. They're like 76-something points. And they're still like seven points behind, six points apart of being out of the playoffs, which is ridiculous how weird West has been. 
Oh but yeah, again, the, the Pacific are, is just a gong show. The Western Conference is like so wide, and it's open, so weird is, because yeah. teams in the Metro, if they were in the Pacific, would be leading it. Yet they're in a wild card position or just kind of on the cusp of the playoffs. Yeah. But if they were in the Pacific, they'd be in in first position. Yeah. So the Pacific is just a, a crapshoot, and I don't think anyone can definitively say which teams are going to be in, which teams are going to be out. I think Jeff Merrick was saying how the Sedins were. The perfect players in the wrong generation. That they were two such skilled guys that were in, and they were so successful. But imagine how successful they'd be if they would have come in, let's say, five or ten years later. Which gets into the point of did Dubas build the right team for the NHL today? I understand his analytics background, I understand what he's trying to do. Yeah. But did he build the right team for today's game? Because Hitting is still a, a prevalent part in the game. Toughness is very important in your own end, in front of your net. Leafs don't have a guy. Like, Muzzin is the only guy who's going to push you around. The rest of the guys are all smaller guys. Like, you look at Rasmus Sandin. He took a big hit from Jamie Benn when they played Dallas, and I think it was his first couple games after he got called up. And he got up right away and made a good play. But... How much can he endure that, especially this early in his career, right? I just find that this team is, I don't know what it is, if it's in their head, it like what it is. They are just not, like they're not in the right mindset right now. They're, like you look at their play and they, they're not they're not hungry for it. And they're really lucky that Florida is also struggling right now. Now Florida just overtook them, so they have the same amount of points, but they have a game in hand. And so Florida's in that playoff spot, Leafs are out. I don't think Leafs can make the wild card. It's just too tight. So I think if they're going to make it, it's going to be in that third position, which means that you play either Tampa or Boston, probably Boston. But they just don't seem hungry right now. Like I, I don't know what it is. And you know, people can say that, oh, the injuries are affecting them. And I think that's part of it. But if you look at the Pens last game, they played with without Malkin. Like Malkin wasn't there. The Pens haven't had Crosby. They have lost so many players. And... Yes, injuries are part of the game, but look at what the Pens have been able to do, and then look at the Leafs. I think it goes back to, and I hate to use this all the time, and I do this like when I'm at work too, hockey work. It's like literally trying to build a culture and literally try uh, try to build like the right mindset for a long term. Uh, Leafs when when Babcock took over, you can see that transition, and then there was that slow, steady pace, like you know. Uh, Leafs went on their own pace of trying to build and start something that was bigger than just one or two, three players. I really think that they have missed a couple of steps and just kind of jumped into the gun saying that, oh, this is our time now. I personally think that they have kind of fast-tracked trying to get into the Stanley Cup. And that's part of the, the whole drought of playoff success. It's the pressure. That's what it is. But don't you almost owe it to the fans? Like, you know... I don't know if you heard the Dwayne uh, call on the Buffalo radio station. Where he yeah, was you told season, me about that. Yeah. yeah, He was a season ticket holder who just absolutely gave it to the Sabres. Like, I've been a Leafs fan for a long time, so I've seen a lot of bad seasons, and this has to be the worst out of all of them. Because how good they are, and then there's not showing. I know, it hurts the most because how bad they are, yes. Like, when yeah. they were bad, and they played bad, you kind of, okay... All right. And they didn't look really good on paper? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, they could win today, that's great. If they don't, they don't. But this season where they're supposed to be this offensive juggernaut, which they just aren't. They just don't want to win. They don't, like, 
they're having these huge breakdowns which are costing them games. If you want to be a good team, if you want everyone to shut up and understand, hey, this is who we are, we're here to make some noise, you have to beat teams like Buffalo. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you beat Ottawa, congratulations. That's a team that you should beat and you have to beat. But you need to beat teams like Buffalo. If you beat the Pens, that's a playoff matchup right there. That's a playoff preview. Because if you can't beat them now, how are you going to beat them in the second round? Third round. Yeah. And, and that's granted if they make it to there. Yeah, that's but, right. Exactly. Like, you just look at some of the stuff that's happened lately. Like, Marner tying his skate in the middle of a play, which led to a two-on-one. That was a couple weeks ago. And yeah, he scored the overtime winner, thank God. But imagine if they would have scored on that play. Yeah. So, when like if you look at them against the Penguins, he's trying to make backdoor passes, like... Dipsy doodling. We've and always known that from Mitch Marner, but, though, but that's the thing. It's, th- and it's, that's a, yeah. like, he's a skilled player, but when it's 5 nothing, you can't be doing stuff like that. Exactly. It's time to put your head down and play. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think it goes back to like if this team was built right. But I, I just think that they are untouchable. They know nothing's going to happen to them. If I was Keith, exactly. I would bench him. I would have benched him. For that 5-on-3 power play that they got, which they did nothing on, and he took a timeout too. Keith took his time out at that point and said, hey guys, this is the plan, this is what we're going to do. And apparently he chewed them out after the first period. And then in the second period, they went off and they let three goals on him. Yeah. And yeah. then the next day, they had skills development practice. Like, no. It should have been a bag skate. You can't be doing that after you drop two games. You're in a dogfight for the playoffs. You're not comfortably in there. You're hanging in there by a thread. They are honestly so fortunate that Florida has lost and has had an abysmal February as well. Yeah. And I know Washington also has. I think they only have two wins in February. No one's really talking about that. But they're allowed to. They have built a big enough cushion. Like, Boston's been on a little bit of a lull, especially in late January, yeah. early February. But does anyone talk about that? No, because they're so comfortably in the playoffs. That's right. Exactly. They are almost guaranteed a spot right now. I don't think any team, like Tampa will probably grab first, but... Just the way that they look. Yeah, but I think they're I think the, Boston, the Bruins can actually like stay but, with the Tampa. Like they can turn it up if they need to, but Bruins are still trying to figure out, figuring things out. That's what it is. And but, I think they're still like that move away from getting one of So those. why can't you like bench the $11 million player? You set up, again, it goes back to, like, setting up the message from the beginning. Like, here's the thing. But I think, okay, well, sorry, but yeah, Keith has done a really good job of coming in and being, he's a player's coach. Yeah. And the players love him. I He has a great style. I like it. But I just feel like these players, they aren't accountable. They, they're too, they have too much control. That's what Yeah, exactly. They, they, so they've already you, been paid. If you look at the Leafs. Who do you think of? Mitch Marner, um, Austin, Matthews, Austin Matthews, John Tavares. John Tavares. But you don't look at guys like Morgan Riley. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, he's about to, like, it looks like that transition is almost done. Where but even you don't he, even look at John Tavares anymore now. But that being said, Tavares hasn't been, to, in my opinion, he hasn't been what he should be. And I talked about this with you before. Yeah. I don't think they should have went off and got him. Yeah, yeah, I remember us chatting about that, yes, that's right. But what I'm trying to say when it comes to, like, franchise that every franchise should be looking towards to how to actually build a winner for a long time is, like, the Bruins, you look at, what, Patrice Bergeron, hard-hitting player like Chara, 
Uh, oh, and, and we'll get into China. And then and the person there. that runs the team is like almost like Cam Neely and their owners. I think it's because it's just the type of message that they. But put, the, you have a guy like Brendan Shanahan who played in the era, but he didn't play for the he didn't play for the Leafs though. That's what it is. He it didn't makes play it for the Leafs. Sometimes he played it for it, Detroit, so yeah. they're definitely very familiar. No, with no, no, the for Leafs. sure, exactly. And then Shanahan, it's not even you're not even looking at Shanahan now because they have gi- given so much control to the players though. That's what it is, and it's, and you can give the control to the players. I'm not saying that. Look at the Penguins. It literally starts with Sidney Crosby, his work ethic, and everybody wants to play like him. Everybody wants to work as hard as him. And that's what it is. Even like the Flames too, at some extent, to some point, they're looking at a guy like Mark Giordano. I'm always one of those guys that I'm like, why aren't they trading Mark Giordano away? But it makes sense to me because he leads by example. And everybody, every younger player in the Flames organization, when they come in, they look at his work ethic. And I've always admired that about, the, but, but, about Giordano. I just feel like the Leafs have no one that's stepping up to do that. Exactly. Like, you need... Because okay, Austin Matthews is scoring goals. That's yeah. great. William Nylander is having thing. a Look at this. Year. Yeah. But Austin nobody's, Matthews? No, nobody's leading by exact... And yeah. Marner has the A on his jersey. I have no idea why. I, I never understood that. He's a good... Yeah, he's a great player. But, like, yeah, he's not like... Matthews, I could kind of see the A. Tavares, I could see the C. But, but even, you know, you look at Riley this season... He's looked off the entire season. Like, yeah, he I, Like, as the first half was going by, he was playing. And just a mistake. Like, I don't know if it's because Cody Cece was his partner for so long. He had to make up for yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good point. And, yeah. Like, but all of a sudden, you miss Ron Hainsey. Did Hainsey... Was he able to push Riley that Because much? you had that veteran person. That's what it is. It's the, yeah, he's a guy that I almost miss now. I'm at the point where I, I miss Roman Polak. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's where I am right now. Yeah, like, yeah. This team just doesn't want to hit. And yeah. I get it that, you know, oh, yeah, it's a skilled game. But hitting is still a prevalent part of the game. Look at what you gotta finish St. Checks. Louis that's did last is. year. Exactly. Like, St. Louis, St. everyone talks about St. Louis, but... If you look at their team, yeah. they're relentless. They do not stop. O'Reilly is like one of the most underrated forwards ever. Yeah, and St. Louis is in a different position than like a lot of different teams because St. Louis has actually gone through so many heartbreaks. They so are many hard let to play against because they've look put in that position. Yeah, but look at the exactly. But they became who they are because of all the good teams that they played around over the last six, seven years. When they ran into those teams, they understood they need to do different things for them to get better. And they actually stayed. Uh, Doug Armstrong actually was like smart enough to kept his core like together at the same time bringing in guys who understand and who ha- who has that competitive level like Ryan O'Reilly. They understood like you know they need to do the little, little things. And as the year goes on, went along, they got better. And last year, when things everything fell into places. They knew they were, it was their turn. It was their turn. Oh, and I think it know. came from like all the heartbreaks. That's what it was. But, I think it was but okay, but Toronto's had three first round but exits have, in a row. But is that, that not heartbreak? I don't think it is though. I think it they had, need they if need you to make lose it to, to the same team in the same fashion. That's right. And they might beat them this year. Twice. And they might beat them this year, but then like this, they won't. No, they won't like this. But like this, try- they won't even make the playoffs. But what I'm trying to say is like Toronto has always been one of those teams that, you know, that doesn't go to second or third round. They've always been one and done. One and done. You can learn so much in the first round, though. No, I, I don't think you can. I don't. I think you you have to have my ideal plan yeah. after the Washington. Because when, when they made the playoffs in Washington, yeah. 
uh, in that Washington series the first time, yeah. I feel like they learned a lot. They weren't supposed to make it that year. Yes, they made that that's miracle right. run. Yeah. They gave Washington a run for their money. I said it in the first podcast. Yeah. They played so well that year. Those were intense playoff matches. They were. And who did they have on their fourth line? A guy named Matt Martin. And I'm not saying he's the answer. No, no, no. But they had Leo Komarov. They had Nazem Kadri. That's right. How much would they appreciate that right now? Yeah. And you look at Tyson Berry. Yeah. And honestly, I am disappointed. Yeah. And I feel... You know when the, transi- the, the main turning point in Morgan Riley was? When Berry was struggling, they took Riley off the first power play, put Berry on the first power play unit in Riley's place. And all the focus went on Barry. I feel like Keith's mission was to get Barry going. And Barry scored three goals in three games yeah. when Keith took over. Yeah. And I just felt like after it was all Barry, 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 they almost forgot about Morgan Riley. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think Barry. And that hurt his game as well. And yeah. I felt like he was dealing with a, maybe a nagging injury, maybe something, and then they shut him down. And it was how these guys are being used to. That's the thing. When a new guy comes in, you know, you don't make it all about him. You try to, like, you know, figure out what he's trying to do, what he, he does as a player, and, like, what the system wants you to do. Okay, but why did they make this trade? Barry and Kerfoot for Kadri. And I understand Kadri had his two suspensions, which hurt, that hurt the team. But why would you trade a guy like Kadri for Barry and Kerfoot? Because Kerfoot struggled to even find an identity yeah, yeah. on this team. Like, he's been... Third line center, which is where he was supposed to slot in. And he's gone through and injuries. It doesn't and really too, work. Still, yeah. And then he was playing on Tavares' wing and he was kind of good. But now you have two centers playing together, which I'm fine with. But, like, he doesn't have an identity on this team. Whereas Kadri, you, he knew what he was. The, the fans knew what he was. Like, was Dubas pushed around? I feel like he was. I kind of wish that Lamorella was there for the negotiations. Because I feel like... If he was still at the helm of this team, this team would be in a very different situation than they are right now. And honestly, it like this season has been by far the most frustrating. The fact that Marlowe's contract was so hard to trade, they designed that to be traded. When they signed him, I was like, oh my god, what did they do? Yeah, I remember right? I, we talked about it. So and I'm like, hey, are you excited about Marlowe? It was 6.5 million, you I think, yeah. for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now... They front-loaded this contract heavily. Like, he was being paid, I think it was like $15 million or $16 million in the first year. And then it was like $3 million in the second year. And then like $1.5 million of real money. Now, his cap stays the same for three years at six point five, But the real money owed to him was like $1 million. So for a team to pick up that cap and only have to pay $1 million, that should have been an easy trade. They had to give up a first-rounder to get rid of him. And Carolina bought him out right away. They didn't keep him, and now he's back in San Jose. But you're telling me that you had to give up a first round to get rid of him? And everyone's wondering why, and we'll get into Toronto and why they haven't made trades. But you had to give up a first round to get him. Like, what? You could have signed Justin Williams at that time. He was was a UFA, and Carolina signed him. But he would have been cheaper than Marlowe. Why didn't you go for him? If you wanted a veteran guy who's made the playoffs... There you go. And I understand Marlowe was good in his first season here. Last season, he took a step back. In his first season, he was really good. Last season, took a big step back. If the Leafs don't make the playoffs this year, or if they make the first round somehow and they lose in the first round, is that it for Dubas? Is he gone? No. I don't think so. Because you can't get rid of Lola Marlowe 
and do this in the less in the span of like what a year and a half. But I don't think he's like, not getting gonna, the job done. He's and he's trying. I understand it, but I don't think that like take this for example. He re-signed Martin Marincin mid-season. Is that a signing you had to make, Martin Marincin? Are you kidding me? But I think he's the guy the, that's afraid to touch the puck. But for somebody, for somebody that's uh, for an organization to pick a younger guy over like the over someone like Lula Morello, I think they need to keep him because now but that, you, that can't you, mean you're untouchable. No, not not untouchable, but like you, you went with a younger guy, and now you gotta have to let him learn, just like all these players now. Like it's I don't know if you I can think Toronto him. keeps him. Toronto keeps See, him for like the another. The problem like, is there's no accountability because it's not like the fans are gonna all throw in the towel and say, we're done with this team. Exactly. Like, that's what they're I'm They're so yeah. dedicated, Ex- but yeah. at some point, there has to be some accountability. So you got rid of Babcock, all right. Yeah. You let Lou walk. So who and comes then, in, though? So now it's well, someone else. Like, who, though? That's what it is. Like, you just have to have, like, a plan. Like, you just can't, like, get but rid of somebody. they had a plan. The shadow plan. And that has all gone to shit. Yes. I because, don't know. Yeah. The, the, this team right now is really, really, like, they're on super thin ice. Pun intended. They should be, and, but and, again, it's an accountability the, thing. Honestly, what they're doing is, instead of being careful and, and navigating it properly, they are just running around mindlessly. Jumping around, even. I don't, see, to me, I don't, maybe you don't fire him, but at some point, someone has to come in and say, you know what, how long has it been since the Leafs have had a, a proper... Top two defensemen. McCabe a proper and, uh, decoy. Yeah. McCabe Caberlet. And then Kubina. How long ago was that? Like, how long has this been the story of the Leafs? That we don't have defense, we don't have defense, we don't have defense. The thing is, all you need are tough guys that are hard to play against that can just pass the puck to the... They can drive the play, pass the puck to the forwards. Brendan Dillon, The forwards will need. do the job. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. their job. Yeah. You know, I heard on the broadcast the other day... That, oh, the Leafs only have three goals from their defense. They need more production. No, they don't! <laughs> yeah. Their job is to defend. Defend and pass the puck to the fourth. Get the puck out of your zone. Make good plays. But that's not their job. No. Yeah. Instead of letting the D focus on D. No, 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 no. We need more offense. No! Oh, man. I heard that and I was like, are you are you kidding me right now? Um, like Look at a guy like Zach Hyman. He is one Leaf that I can say... Has given it his all. Like, he has 27 points in 28 games. On pace for 35 goals this year. Like, he is the hard-nosed guy. He's the only guy that goes up to the corners. Matthews has been hitting a little more recently. Like, he's kind of turned up his game. Nylander's not afraid to go in the corners anymore. He And on his edges, he's probably the best Leaf on his edges. Like, he has an incredible skating ability. How does his contract look like? Like, oh, it was uh, six years, seven, no. Yeah, six years, just under seven million. For Zach Hyman? Oh, no, for Nylander. No, but for what Hyman, about... it's, uh, it was a four-year deal, I think. 2.25 million a year. Yeah, and again, like... He is a very good contract. Yeah, he is, he is. He's definitely a For what he is. Yeah. Okay, so if you're the Leafs, so let's say you're in the GM spot, right, by Dumas. Yeah. Who do you re-sign in the offseason? To me, I'll go first. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Barry's gone. Barry's gone, okay. B- Barry's gone. Try that. Forget it. You're not worth $8 million or whatever money that you can maybe command right now. No. 
the guy is literally right-handed Jake Gardner. And I don't think people, like, people remember all of Gardner's flaws, but in his own end, he wasn't terrible. Like, if you look at in regular season, he was pretty good. And I'm not saying that he's the answer, but he was better in his own zone. Like, I look at Barry and I'm just like, what are you doing sometimes? So Barry's gone. You re-sign Muzzin because you almost have to. And I think everyone's reported that the Leafs and him are kind of on a, the verge of extending. Now, he, he's a guy that I'd keep. He's a good veteran guy. He's the only one who pushes anyone around on this team. I think that he's worth it to keep. But only for, I would only give him three years. Just because I think the way he plays, he'll, give, he'll have a sharp decline like I talked about. But I, I re-sign him. And then Dermot, obviously, as an RFA, you re-sign. Yes, you do. Yeah. But I'm letting Barry walk. There's no way I'm re-signing him. Or trade him. But I will trade him. Who's going to take him? Tyson Barry is at 2.7 right now. I think people yeah, can trade him. Colorado retained half of his salary. Yeah, so. Okay, but who's going to take him? And and then teams can use who him. do you replace him with? Because Lilligren was sent back down and Marincin has taken his spot. So you have Marincin playing. Um, in your bottom, because CC's out for the year. CC's not coming back, and I know that for sure. Like he he shut down for the season. Robita Island, welcome. So he he's done, and I think he's done in the NHL. I honestly don't think he'll ever find an NHL gig again. Or Nor should he. He doesn't have the skill for the NHL. But that was a tire fire, and I understand you wanted to get rid of Zaitsev's contract. But why did you play CC so much? The guy struggled, and okay, he's a four point five million dollar guy. Does that mean he's untouchable? Like, this is something I'm not understanding with the Leafs. CC made some huge errors. Gigantic. Why can't you bench the guy? Why can't you let him sit a couple games in the press box? Like, was it just for saving face? Like, I'm not understanding why... I'm telling you, it's this untouchableness. Yeah, as yeah, soon as you right. have over, let's say, a three, couple million three, dollars three, yeah. on this team, it's, yeah. oh, forget it. You, you can never see the press box. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. It's 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 just how you like set a message across and you know, when you make that much money now, they're saying that, you know, it's a players league, players league, but it's not though. Like it's 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 up to it's up to the higher management and coaches to really like, you know, set that tone. And I think a lot of times they don't wanna account hold these guys accountable because of the amount of money that they make. You have to. I think if you don't you're just letting uh, yeah, you're just setting. Yeah, you're just setting up for the failure. And again and again, we're talking about the same. We're talking. We're talking like we're back in 2007 again. It, That's what it, it honestly is. My, it's my frustration coming out. Like yeah. I've loved this team for so long. I know you and have. They've yeah. been like they get your hopes up and then they just shoot you down like that. It's, it's like I'm almost at my wits end. Oh man, it's been rough. But even it's you, even you and at, uh, you and Steve Dangle. Oh man, <laughs> me, Steve Dangle, Jeff O'Neill, we're all in the same boat. It's, they need to figure it out. Like, these guys internally, they need to honestly sit down and Tavares needs to get up and honestly be like, what the hell? Like, what are we doing? You're going out on the ice every day in front of fans. Like, Buffalo is almost a home game. I think it's like 60 or 70% Leaf fans there. They are, yeah. And you still can't win? Like, Eichel's telling you guys to sit down after he scores a goal. That doesn't hurt. Don't they feel like, what the hell? And you can't put it all on Anderson. You can't say, oh, man, he should have saved that. Yeah. Because he's saved their butts so many times in games. He has stolen countless games for them. So you can't just put it on him and say, play for the guy. Anyway, l let's get into scandals. Yeah. Um, I think we've harped on the Leafs enough. So the first scandal I want to get into is 
Did you did you watch the Vancouver Calgary game where Pedersen really got it? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> to me, the league needs to do a much better job of protecting its stars. Like Pedersen is not a six five two fifty kind of guy. No, no, he's not. No, he is a. He honestly, he looks like a young boy, and I get it. It's a man's league. Yeah. But you need to do something about that. Like, the league needs to do a better job of protecting those guys that really sell the tickets, like the McDavid's, the Pedersons. Think about how many people go to see him and Quinn Hughes, and these guys go down with injury, and all of a sudden, wow, is it really worth it to watch these guys? Is it worth it to pay those high ticket prices to see them if they're not in the lineup? That's right. And again, you, you, can't, uh, you can only pin it up on, like, refs and, like, the league itself. But I, I think the Flames just did a fine job of like getting under his skin and giving him no room. And that's exactly how you need to play, though. That's the thing. Um, but I, I think there's a difference in playing him hard and then the cross-checks and the slew foots. Yeah. Like, cross-checks, to an extent, they are still around there. I think they still, to an extent, they still should be part of the game. Like, you know, to to some extent. That's what I'm saying. Well, like, it I doesn't... If you, not to if the you, face. If you're guiding him... If you're guiding the guy away from the player boxing him out yeah that's fine but did you see the brock nelson cross check on connor garland in the arizona game no i did not know he gets him so garland doesn't have the puck it's in the corner there's another arizona player he gets knocked down now the puck goes away from them around and nelson cross checks garland in the back in the small of his back now he goes down and can't get up new york scores yeah 10 seconds later Garland can't even stand, and there was no penalty, no supplemental discipline, no nothing. That is a disgusting play. That is egregious. If you don't call a cross-check, checking from behind. Because it was clear in the numbers, the guy couldn't stand. Yeah, he probably hit him pretty hard, yeah, then, yeah. And I, where, you know, like, you watch was, it, he was Nelson trouble. did not hold back. He gave it to him. Yeah, and Nelson's a big guy, so, yeah, for sure. Like, you're telling me, yeah. this is just another obvious missed call... Well, like a non-call, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's another like, missed call by the refs. Yeah, like, yeah. And the league didn't intervene. Yeah. The league didn't say after the game, okay, fine, it happened, but Nelson, you're getting a fine. Nelson, you're getting a suspension. And a Nelson game. didn't get fined or anything? Nelson didn't get anything for it. The Chara suspension. So we're talking about cross-checks. He actually got suspended? Well, no, got sorry. Fined. Chara's lack of suspension. Oh, okay, okay. He got a fine for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cross check uh, to the on face. Gallagher, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then said Gallagher embellished it. Now Gallagher has had he has just come back from concussion like issues. Like Gallagher's only been and I should know because I have him in my fantasy, he's been out for a, a decent amount. He came back for a game, was still feeling bad, then he was out a little more. And now you get a guy like Chara who cross checks him in the face. Honestly, a fine is nothing. Five thousand dollars for a guy who makes five million dollars is what? Five cents? Yeah, yeah. It's like it, the the intentions of it's intention of a, like him going. Was it the throat? Like hit him yeah. in the throat or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. or neck area. To me, it, it's not even a slap on the wrist. And Chara is one of the dirtiest players I know in the NHL, and he gets away with everything because I feel like everyone says, "Well, he's six nine. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Like no, that's true. Yeah. He will interfere he with away. players because he can't keep up foot speed, so he'll interfere and hold them up. 20 times a game. If you watch him play, he will hold up players all the time. And But he never gets called. This cross-check, he got $5,000. That's a joke. The Department of Player Safety is the biggest joke I've seen. Ever. 
Like, you don't even need comedians anymore. Just look at them. Because, to me, that was at least two games. Yeah, yeah. At it least. Was, it was pretty bad, yeah. No, it was really bad. I was surprised that there was no uh, there was it's, no pushback from the league or for the player safety. A yeah. fine is nothing. You, you get away with murder. And then you look at Cassian's idiotic play where he kicks the guy. Why is that your first instinct? To kick the guy. Y- yes, I... With your skate. There has... How many skate injuries have there been this season? You look at, uh, like, Mikhaev, clear example, okay. on the Leafs, who got his wrist cut, and he's been out for, I think, at least, I think, a month, a month and a half, and he's still going to be out for a little bit as well. It sounds forget, like there have been a lot of... I forget skate. which player just got it in the face um, recently. There was a player who got it in the face. I can't, I'm blanking on the name right now. Like, haven't there been enough skate injury? And that's just two of many. Like, this season, I feel like it's a bigger problem than ever. But you, you try to kick the guy? Like, he deserved the seven games. And after he got his contract extension, he has been bad. I don't know what it is. I don't know what flipped. But he has not been a good player. There's been a lot of uh, emotion running high and low when it comes to uh, Zach Cassin because of, like, the whole Battle of Alberta. And yeah. I think it's kind of carried on with him. On the on the Cassian, I I remember when I first saw it, I was I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, you know what? There's the league kind of has to. I said something, and I and I gave my thought on it, and I said they they need to help their player. They they need to have like a department in a national hockey league or every team, I guess. Every team can like have that. It's about uh, it's like a psychology department, and like you know where players where they where they kind of like test the players and have an understanding of like you know their mindset before they go get on the ice because it's a high emotion game and he's obviously somebody that has trouble controlling his emotions and you know sometimes he would do things that could like cross the line so i i think it's a league's this is just an example of like one bad apple like to me it's it's he deserved the seven games that's one where I think the department, the joke, got it right. Where you give him seven games. He just got back from the suspension. But, like, to me, that's just... Like, I haven't seen a, a player try to kick someone in a, in a long time. Uh, Chris Simon, remember? Chris, the one Chris that Simon. He stepped on. And he uh, got, like, 40 games. 30 games. Uh, yeah, he, like he did it on Yarko Rutu. That's what he was. Yeah. yeah so, 2007. that was... But, like, a couple bad apples, right? Like, how long ago was that? That's so. right. But, again, now we've come to the point where we look at science and medicine and, like, resources to a higher level. Like like hockey and sports and stuff, analytics, we need to dig deep on, like, you know, players' emotion and how they're actually... Where their mindset is before they get on the ice. I really think that league should make it mandatory for, like, a weekly testing and activities or some sort of department for psychologists. Because, you know, it is an emotional game. And you want to make sure that, that the players are in the right mindset before they go in. Because you don't want somebody, you don't want a player to hold back and hold in from the previous games or the previous week and then carry on. You want them to be able to come with a, well, not with a conclusion, but like, you know, do you want them to like have this understanding that, you know, what happened last week, we can move on from them. So it's like about having conversations. I mean, I can see that like being they, it there for should goalies, be like that, though. but I mean, it, it should be like that for everybody. If I you don't think, think about that it, that's gonna happen in a in a while. No, I, I know, think. but like I'm just saying, like they, that's how you're gonna do it. Because if it wasn't, if it wasn't for like you know, like him but, okay. talking to somebody about what happened a couple weeks ago, I don't think he would have made made that decision. So I think there's a lot of things that the leagues should work on. Is like you know those little departments to actually like help them. Help the players understand that, you know, we're here for you guys emotionally. 
but you can be acting like that. There's a, there's a different ways of taking your frustration. It's you gotta somehow unwind, and they should do that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. All right. So with that, we're gonna get into the trade frenzy that happened. So we're just gonna go through each of the big trades and mm -hmm. kind of get what you think about it. So Jason Zucker for Galchenyuk, Kaylin Addison, a first in 2020. I'll tell you what I think. Then we'll go to what you think. Yeah. I really like the trade. Zucker is a heart and soul kind of guy. I don't think Minnesota exactly wanted to trade him, but I think that the Pens gave him an offer that was too good to refuse. Like I really like Kalen Addison. He's a right-handed yeah, shot. Too, yeah. He's an offensive-minded D-man. He was in the World Juniors. He played really well. That's I right. honestly really like him. And the first, it's going to be a late first. The way it's looking, it might even be the 31st pick. But I think that was a price they needed to pay. Especially because of Galchenyuk and how yes, that's right. like they had to pay to get rid of him. Which is sad because I feel like he had a lot of upside. But to me, this is his last shot in the NHL. If he doesn't have it here, maybe he gets one more try next year. But to me, this is his last shot. If he doesn't make it, KHL. What do you think? Uh, yeah, really like the, the Zucker trade. He's a really good uh, big guy who can actually score skilled. Can hit as well too. And very smart player, so I think he's going to be really good with Sid. So I was very excited to when I first ever heard about uh, Zucker going uh, to Pittsburgh. Uh, Gallagher, yeah, he's going to go to Minnesota. Not, sorry, Galchaniak, I mean. I think he's going to, he's at that point where now he's at a team that's going through a transition and a rebuild. So I think he's got more of a leash there where he can just kind of, you know, build confidence. And to finish up his contract there, and then, so I don't know about the last chance, but like again, yeah, it could happen, and you might see him going to the KHL or somewhere in the Europe. Addison, yes, very, very, very good player. I've uh, I was surprised when uh, Pittsburgh got rid of Addison. I'm like, okay, you know what? I guess that's what you get for paying a price. Well, you, and trying you, to get you rid need of to somebody. Up skill to get for, skill, yeah, right? exactly. So. But yeah, for somebody like the, for them to get rid of Addison, yeah. So no, I I think obviously right now, and even in the long term too, I think Pittsburgh wins this deal. Because it's a type of player, Zucker is so yeah. Looking forward to what they uh, see. What and they do. they're probably gonna add more players too now. Like that's what the crazy thing about Pittsburgh. I don't is. know if they'll add another one just because I don't think they want to give up everything. But you can see how they are in the mindset every year that as long as we have Crosby and Malkin, we're going for it. Yeah, right. Like, we're going for it. We're going. But like, just look at how two players that yeah. just two. Yeah. If they had Gensel, I don't think they make this trade. But Gensel's been out for a, a while. Yeah, Gensel's another guy. Yeah, he's an un underrated guy. So underrated. Yeah. But you just look at how good Jim Rutherford is. He's a guy that can always bring in skill. He's built this culture around this team that they just want to win every year. It's not a question of who are we this year. It's we're going for it. Yeah, and how we can win. The type of player. Yeah, exactly. Like it's so like okay. Look at their first round exit last year. Right, they were swept. Against the Islanders? Against the Islanders. Yeah. But look, at they didn't put their tail between their legs. No. Yeah. They rose up like a phoenix from the ashes. Right? Anyway, so next trade, Andy Green to the Isles for David Quenville and a 2021 second round pick to New Jersey. Very underrated trade. <laughs> Very now, trade. Andy Green has been their captain for six years, I think. Has it been that long? Okay. Because he was a captain after... And he's been on the team for like 17 years. <laughs> he's been there for a while, yeah. So... It's a very Islanders move because they're so defensively. So <laughs> Good for them for picking somebody like that up. And 
I think Andy Green and uh, oh yeah, because of Lou Lamorello too. That's why I was just thinking. Yeah, Big Lou. Yeah, exactly. He's played under him. He probably drafted Andy Green as well too. But yeah, no, it's a, it's gonna, it, it's a, it's a, it was a really underrated trade. And when I heard, I was like, what, what is Islanders are trying to do? I was kind of surprised by this deal. I didn't think they would have traded him. I heard from a source that Calgary was kind of sniffing around Andy Green. I, I didn't honestly, I didn't think that he would move just because he was the captain. But maybe this is his chance. He was one of the probably guys that wasn't on the trade bait board. No, he wasn't. Which is funny. Yeah, yeah. So with that, we'll get into another New Jersey trade. And we kind of touched on this a little earlier. Blake Coleman to Tampa Bay for Nolan Foote and a first-round pick in 2020. Now, it should be noted this is a Vancouver's pick. Yes. That they acquired yeah. in the JT Miller trade. Which has worked amazing for Vancouver. Oh, yes. And now both teams won because now Tampa Bay gets a player like Blake Coleman. And uh, I was very shocked when he went to Tampa Bay. And I'm like, man, the rich does get richer. Yes, yes, no. the, the rich. And, and they did spend a lot, though. They did spend quite a bit. Like, Nolan Foote was one of their top prospects, if not the top prospect. And he was there. really fun in World Juniors this year, too. Yes, like he, was, he was really he's good. He got a shot, too, which is and amazing. They split up the brothers. They split up the feet. Kale? So they had yeah, Kyle Foote and Nolan Foote, the brothers. And let it be known that you called this trade. Uh, when we shot our podcast before that failed, uh, Sherrier did call it. We were talking about Miles Wood and players like Subban, players like... We might have touched on Green at that point just because he's a UFA at the end of this season. I could see him going back to New Jersey next season, but... Yeah, yeah. We were talking about players that could be moved, Vatnin, and you're the one who mentioned, well, what about Blake Coleman? And yeah. like I said before, he's a guy that's been in the league for nine years, an yeah. underrated guy. Yeah, and I, I would have somebody like Blake Coleman in my team. Like, I mean, I could have... I wanted I wanted Calgary to pull a trade on like Blake Coleman and give away like Sam Bennett or Jankowski in a first for Blake Coleman because he would have been one of those guys that would have just okay obviously it would be a little bit more higher price than those guys. Well, he kind of solves a problem for not only Calgary but Edmonton too. That's right. That he can come in and provide some secondary scoring. I feel like he'd blend in really well in Calgary. Yeah. We'll get into the reluctance of teams to make deals yeah. in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Vancouver. So we're talking about maybe Canadian teams that haven't made deals. Let's talk about one that has. Uh, Tyler Toffoli to Vancouver yeah. for Tim Schaller, a 2020 second rounder, and a conditional 2022 fourth, and Tyler Madden. I like the deal for Vancouver a lot. Yeah. I like Tyler Toffoli. I think he has tremendous upside. And he's one of those guys, just like Jack Campbell, they're good players on a bad team. They need a change of scenery. Also, you called the Campbell trade, too. I have to give you credit for that, too. Jack Campbell? in that episode, we also talked about, because you talked about their goaltending situation and how they had Kyle Peterson, who's marinating, and who uh, might be ready. Matthew Villalta, who's coming up for, yeah. the, for the Kings. Yeah, You talked about your boy that they're big on. He's in junior right now, but he'll, he'll be their AHL starter next year. Peterson will come up as the backup. Yeah. They have the depth there. But I like this trade for both teams. Uh, Tim Schaller was a cap dump. The second is you you had to pay a second, which is good. Um, now they don't have a first or a second this year, so they won't pick till the third round. And then Tyler Madden. A lot of people are believe that he is their third prospect. That it's Hoglander and not Hughes. No, no, not Hughes. The one after that. Yolevi? Yolevi, yeah. A lot of people think he's their third prospect in their prospect pool. So is this an overpayment for Toffoli, or do you think it's just right? 
it's surprising Vancouver continues to pull trigger. I mean, like, they believe that they can compete. And, and you know what? They're a hardworking team. They're not just... They don't just have skill. They have hardworking team. And they, they're going to take advantage of, like, a ra uh, like you know, uh, they're going to take advantage of from their player, you know, rising up this year, like Jack... Uh, sorry, Quinn Hughes, who's been, like, a stud. Like, Quinn he's been Hughes better been this year. than, like, a lot of people. Like, he's already in the top... 2025 decision as uh, about sorry discussion as like one of the best uh, def uh defensemen like you know offensive defensemen yeah. and he does different things and he controls the game he has an he is well beyond his years in his hockey IQ and he controls tempo and that's what makes him so great is like how this guy would skate back and steal the puck and then make another play and on the same play in a matter of like you know 10 15 seconds so, so Two reasons I think they make this trade. Yeah. Besser's out for the season. Yes, that's right. Sorry, yeah. Besser's out for eight weeks. Eight weeks, yeah, yeah. And Michael Furland is out for the season. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. So they announced that too. Yeah. So they definitely needed some help scoring in Besser's role. Yeah. And I think Toffoli will fit in well. Um, also, there's the other reason is because of the familiarity between him and Tanner Pearson. If you remember, there were two parts of the that 70s line. Yes. Who are so good for LA. And they're adorable pictures together. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. No. So that's another reason which I believe they will make some noise. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be together and they'll be. I think they'll be really great together. So yeah. th that's two reasons I think they made this deal. Yeah. And I really like it for Vancouver. I think I see nothing but upside. Yeah. No, exactly. They're a hardworking team. Big fan of Travis Green. Always been a big fan. Um, uh, but uh, going back to Tim Schaller. Um, I think this will actually benefit Tim Schaller in LA, and he would actually be really. He's gonna he's gonna actually make the most of it in LA. He's gonna be really good in their farm system, and he might just sign another small contract with them. And I I think he might he might actually found a home in because I think there's so much going on in Vancouver that he didn't have the opportunity. But do they really need an older guy? Like I feel like the Kings already have enough. Isn't Tim Schaller like young? No, Tim Schaller, I feel like he's at least 28, 29, maybe yeah, 30. Yeah, but, like, but he's just still but trying to figure He's never been able to find guys. it. Isn't he the same guy that came from Boston to Vancouver? He was, yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah that's right. I, I think that's what happened. Like, it's just he's played he's played in a team that has just more skilled players. He's not, like, I'm not saying he's, like, top six. But he can easily be, like, your bottom six and actually, like, you know. Or even, like, your fourth liner, too, who would, you know. Oh, he's definitely a forward make, make <laughs> he, he would actually make, you know, his opponents work. But again, you never know. This guy might just find his offensive touch in L.A. system. Yeah, he's 29 years old. Is he? Okay. Okay, I thought he was like 27, 26 maybe. Okay. But again, he I feel like he's been around for a while too, yeah. So, All right. the next trade is a smaller one, which probably would go a little bit more under the radar. But the New York Rangers acquire Julian Gauthier from Carolina for D-man Joey Keane. Julian Gauthier is a 22-year-old former first-rounder who has 26 goals in 44 AHL games. Joey Keane is a right-handed D-man. Mm -hmm. He's a former third-rounder. He is 20 years old and has 30 points in 49 AHL games. He's had a very good year and was an AHL All-Star this year. To me, they make this trade simply because New York has a lot of depth on D right now, especially on the right side. Mm -hmm. Truba, Fox, D'Angelo, Zach Jones, and Lundqvist. And Carolina has depth on D, and a lot of people know that they're a very good team in terms of D and defensive prospects. But if you look at their defensive prospects, most of them are left-handed. In fact, almost all of them are left-handed. Pesci and TVR, uh, Trevor... Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, yeah, 
are one of the only two right-handed D-men on the team. Yeah. Jacob Sliman's uh He's a lefty. lefty? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. So they have a lot of depth on the left, but not too much on the right. And I think this opens them up to maybe trade one of those pieces from the left side for more offense. Because we all know that they're always looking for more offense. So I think that this will help them kind of open up the, the gates and give them the ability to make that trade. So underrated trade. I did really like Julian Gauthier. Yeah. Your thoughts? No, I actually have no thoughts because this is a trade that, like you said, it's super underrated. Um, yeah, it'll go under the radar for sure. And yeah. uh, again, uh, both these teams, they're... They're playing with house money. Like, you know, New York Rangers have been better than we all thought it would be. They're fun to watch. They right? are. And uh, they can be great sellers, and they might get even better uh, when it comes to trading away guys like Chris Kreider. Big fan of him. I think he might go to Boston or but Colorado. Why would, so why don't everyone talk about them trading him? Why wouldn't you re-sign a guy like that? Chris Kreider? Yeah. Chris, just give him away to a team that they're going to dominate everybody but else. Isn't... Like, I honestly feel that they might miss it this year, but they can make noise next year. So, I don't think... Kreider's market has never been, like, up. Higher than higher. it is Take right now. advantage of it. And but they're going to give a guy... But that's probably because right now the market is... Ridiculous. Can think the, about all these, like, defensemen are getting, like... No, no, these... the, the market is really bad in terms of a scoring big power forward. Like there isn't and much out there. And he's never been this he's good. He's a lot Like yeah. he's ne- no, no, not even just because of the market and where things are. Chris Carter has never played this good in his goddamn life. Like yeah, he's sure. really good this year. He's yeah. really fun, and he's doing everything right. He's not the one guy that just crashes the net. He does everything right. Yeah, I he think does, he's in he his prime right now. Well. Yeah, he's in his prime 100%. right now. So it's to me, if I'm the Rangers. I'm really, really thinking about, like, the offer has to be amazing for me to want to trade this guy. Like, I'd rather re-sign him and keep him for next year and the year. Colorado doesn't make sense because they don't need, like, Bowman Byram. Like, that's what, like, they don't need that. Wait, do they still have Byram? Yes. Bowman Byram? Yeah, they don't need They have Carter Timmons as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they don't need those guys. Uh, like, Rangers don't need those guys because they already have a good, uh, like, defensive. Yeah, they have, they have a good decor. I don't know so. what Boston's going to get rid of, uh... To like, you know, yeah, get I heard somebody. Boston's a favorite. I really hope they don't get him just because... Well, if you remember last year, they went off and got John Moore. They got Harley Coyle. Yes, exactly. I really liked Coyle in Minnesota. Yes. I used to love, love him a lot in Boston, Minnesota. Though. I loved Niederreiter. I loved, I loved Coyle. Yeah. Uh, Zucker was another guy. And if you look at them now, they're all, they're all three of them are from different teams. Exactly. And now, if I were Boston, I would go after somebody like Butchnevich. Not Kreider. Butchnevich would be a perfect guy in Boston. I've always been a big fan of But Bichonne. I think the Rangers are too big on him. Rangers are I don't big think on the Rangers would, would Okay. Him. Okay. Cuz he's, he's younger too. He's younger right? he's a lot he, younger, right? He, honestly, he plays like Kreider. They're very similar. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz they play a light with like yeah. Zabinjan, right? So, Dylan uh, DeMello to the Jets for a 2020 third mm-hmm. round pick. Really nice, really nice pickup. I really like DeMello. Yeah. So, but he's a guy that I think he could have gone like More? Toronto. No, Toronto could have got that like I think they could have afforded it I think it's a relationship that's what it is a lot of these trades don't make sense like my GM could have done this but maybe your GM doesn't know how to like build a relationship I think that's what it is you need to have a good relationship with people think about it. it's all about like talking and you know who you know well I mean the Jets definitely and I, I sorry I should backtrack there the Leafs couldn't afford it this year and the Jet uh, and the Sands probably wanted that pick for this year yeah, yeah. Um, the Leafs only have their second rounder. 
And they needed somebody. Yeah, they needed a little so, bit higher, yeah. Because their first rounder went to Marlowe, as we talked about, and their third rounder went to LA. Anyway, so they only, the Leafs don't have their first and third round picks this year. They only have their second. So maybe they couldn't afford it. But yeah, I think he has great underlying numbers. He drives the offensive extremely well. And honestly, I don't think they paid too much for him. I think, like, he's a young guy. He's not that old. I think he's only 26. DeMello, yeah. And he is a guy that I feel will slot in really well. He's right-handed. The Jets really need that. I think he's a guy on a cheap sal- uh, cheap contract, too. And he'll be really fun with Neil Pionk. He's, a, he's a good... Well, I think Pionk might be hurt. I know he took a, a, a big hit. He's fine. He's fine. He fine. <laughs> I like that. He fine. He's okay, fine. He I fine. need him to be fine because he's like one of my favorite players. Okay, he fine. Another New York Rangers kid. A big one of your favorite players. Yes. Brendan Dillon to Washington. <laughs> Goes with plays with Obi now. So yeah, I I love that. I I thought I had the biggest smile on my face when I'm like, yes, they got somebody like him because I wanted him to go to a team that's gonna embrace him for who he is because he will hit you really hard. Like he's one of the meanest hockey players I've come across and I, I've seen like enough of like Sharks game where I'm like this guy can play and it's about time he leaves that system because so yes again he was super beloved and yes in he, he was a fan favorite he was. in he San is. Jose yeah. he goes to Washington for a 2020 second rounder it's nothing and a conditional for them. <laughs> 2021 third yeah I'm guessing the condition is if he resigns it becomes a second oh yeah Sharks retain half of his 3.3 million dollar salary and he will be a UFA at the end of this season. He's a guy the Leafs should go for. He will, but I think he's going to re-sign for like 3.74 something. And then he's going to be playing he'll, full-time next he'll probably year. Get four. Yeah, he'll probably play full-time next year with uh, John Carlson. I think so. Yeah, so he's uh, 29 years old. Left-handed demon. Left-handed demon. Undrafted. But definitely uh, a bigger price tag. But I don't think uh, they paid it, anything for this it, guy, man. It, it's, it's a little bit of a bigger price tag, but definitely warranted. I think that was... A very good, a very good deal. Pretty even on both sides. He's an upgrade from Carl Osner. I'm gonna say that. He's always. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know if you they were in the same draft, but I've always like like I was a big Carl Osner fan, obviously because of the the hitman. But like Brendan Dillon, as soon as I saw him like five six years ago, I was like, this is somebody that I'm. And Dallas got rid of him. I never liked that. I thought that was like really dumb of them because now they could have had Heiskanen. They could have had Stefan Johns. This guy and. and John- and Johns has come in and just he's, absolutely lighted up. He's yeah. helped my fantasy team. Yeah. That's how big of a fan Stephen yeah, Johns. Like, like these guys are fantasy pickup. And going back to like why can't Leafs do that is because it's really about understanding players around him. I just don't think they're. Here's the thing. Leafs will talk about it later. Yeah. But uh, I've it. watched enough to know that sometimes these guys act like they're business and they're not hockey. And that's yeah. what pisses me off because they have diehard fans like well, you. It, I so mean, they make so much money that see that change. that's the thing is like that's why I don't think that they care if they make the playoffs if they don't because they're still gonna make so much money because now their the players are making the, the corporate sponsorships aren't going anywhere. No, yeah. the fans aren't going anywhere. So to me, it's they don't care. But anyway, we'll get into that mm-hmm. before I get too angry again. Um, Montreal trades Marco Scandella to the Blues for a 2020 second rounder and a 2021 conditional fourth. Montreal retains half his $4 million salary. He will be a UFA at the end of this season. Condition is that Montreal only gets the fourth if St. Louis re-signs him before October 7, 2020, which is really weird, or if they win two rounds in the playoffs and he plays in half of those games. 
he fits in really well for Bomeister, who prayers for him. Yes, yes. Uh, hopefully he's okay. He'll fit in really well for him. And probably a great return considering, actually not probably, definitely a very good return for Montreal as they only spent a 2024 to get him from Buffalo. Now before I hear your thoughts on this deal, <laughs> actually, you know what, what do you think? And then I'll get into what I want to say about that. So what do you think about this deal? Oh, Scandella, big fan of him too. Um, I liked he, him in Minnesota. Another I was going to say, guy, yeah. He has a rocket of a shot. That's right. He has yeah. one of, not maybe not one of the hardest shots in the league, but one of the harder And he can, he can, he can get the puck really fast towards the net. Like he's somebody that can whip the puck. Shoot the puck and just understand like where I really to throw like the puck. Him. Yeah, me too. I, I think that's a way. very St. Louis moves by them. He <laughs> and was, a Doug and Armstrong move by him. He was very good at Montreal. Like he had, a, he yeah, had okay. definitely he was had steady a and like kind oh, of yeah. somebody that just he, does his job yeah. really well. Yeah, and I honestly think that St. Louis moves on from Petrangelo. Hey, oh and, yeah, okay. So they brought in Falk, and now they brought in Scandella. Yeah. Now you can sign, like you have Falk signed, you can probably sign Scandella as a UFA and have both of them yeah. together cheaper than what we would have paid Petrangelo. Because you have to remember, they have Pareko. And I watch Pareko in real life. If you see how smart this kid is, yes. he has definitely one of the hardest shots in the league. Yeah. He is a guy who is going to hit you. Yeah. He's a big boy. He can skate. He can get up the ice really quickly. Yeah. He's incredibly smart. If you look at how often he's directing traffic, they're moving on from Petrangelo. So, I don't think they need him anymore. Okay. Is Pareko's going to fit in exactly where Petrangelo was. Okay. And he's going to take the mantle. He's going to walk away? Are they just going to let him walk away? They're going to they let gonna... him walk. Yeah. You don't think there's a way that they trade Justin Falk and then re-sign? Re well, they just, they just brought in Falk. So I don't think they trade him. I know they did, like just about a season ago, right? Yeah, they know this season. Oh, this, yeah, yeah, this season, yeah, yeah, this season. But I think they brought him in because they knew. I think Doug Armstrong really knew like that he's Angelo. Okay. Exactly, you think that, but okay, you have to understand. Yeah. Petrangelo's played a hard, very hard, aggressive style his whole career. Yeah. He's now thirty years old. There is Petrangelo has never like I think Petrangelo's always been a skilled player. He's a great D man. Yeah. I'm not trying to say and he's that, a oh, skater he's a and stuff too, but. but to He'll me, make his good money there, yeah. To me, else. he's not worth signing because he's going to want a, a seven-year deal at least. Yeah. He's going to probably command around nine, ten million, I'm yeah, guessing, yeah, around yeah, Dowdy. Yeah. Dowdy got 11, I think, so he's going to get at least 10. And Dowdy's far worth from 11 anymore now. Yeah. That was a really bad signing by LA. And he did it without an agent. So good for him. Um, he did it without what? An agent. He, oh. he pulled a back or Backstrom pulled a Dowdy and went... No agent. You don't have to pay the agent fees then, so that's kind of nice. That's but the original veteran. Anyway, so, <laughs> now, Jason Botterill, yeah. the Buffalo GM, Yes. did you see the gif of him throwing the papers? It's pretty funny. No, no. So, it just came out a couple of days surprised. ago on Twitter. He is absolutely frustrated. I think Buffalo is just frustrated with their whole situation. Because these teams get ahead of themselves, that they think that they're better than they thought. They yeah, I, th like, I think everyone like... thought that Buffalo... But, I mean, it's, they may... If you look at the moves they've made and the players they have, yeah. they should be ahead of where they are. I think Carter the, Hutton's a very good goalie. Yeah, he's having an off season. I don't think he's having that great of a season like last year. But I, I, I think in a funny world, I think the Buffalo Sabres and the Toronto Maple Leafs should combine together oh God. and find a way to work things out and be like, okay, guys. We're going to try to work together. Okay, you're fired. You're definitely not the GM of, of any team anymore. Okay. 
Um, but so here's what's what's wrong with Buffalo. Now they signed Skinner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They signed Skinner to a what was it? Seven year contract. It was a big con- yeah, and it was like almost seven seven. And no, no, nine million. million. Nine million dollars. Wow, breaking news <laughs> on the podcast. Pittsburgh makes a trade, but we don't know who or we don't know what. It is probably going to help them win the Stanley Cup <laughs> because and that's how they are. Yes. So Jeff Skinner has 11 goals and 19 points in 46 games a season. They played a little more since I saw this, but he has seven more seasons on his contract with $9 million. He has never put together a 65-point season. Why would you give a guy like that $9 million? So, And also... You traded Scandella for a fourth to Montreal. They go off and flip him a couple weeks later for a second. How do you not look at this GM and be like, what are you doing? Like, the ownership group has to be like, I think that you have a problem here. Oh, yes. Okay, so the trade is... Sorry, before I get your thoughts on Buffalo. Pittsburgh acquires Riley Barber and Phil Verone from Montreal for Joseph Landisi and Jake Lucchini. Lucchini. Um, Fettuccini. Um, <laughs> this guy, uh, this is a, a minor league trade, no big deal. I don't think this will change their cup hopes. It's probably good for Toronto that they don't make a big trade, especially today. They can make it after they play Toronto today, but not before. I like Riley Barber. Riley Even Barber, I've seen him enough. Malkin would be back tonight in the game, by the way. Oh, yeah. James and Frederick Anderson is starting, so. Nice. And Murray's starting the other one. Back. Sorry? Murray probably on the other side? Uh, maybe Jari. Again, eh? Okay, yeah, so? which already had a really good game last That's time, right, so. yeah. So, yeah, so Buffalo. What is happening with Jason Botterill? And do you move on from him? I think they like the coach. I don't think they're moving on from the coach. I think he's perfectly fine there. Who's the coach again? Kruger? Ralph Kruger? Yeah. Ralph Kruger, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, yeah, th- I, I think they're going to probably keep him. I personally think if they're going to move on from somebody like Jason Botterill, they should go to Mike Gillies who used to be the former Canucks GM. And I think uh, he would be a really good fit. The reason I say that is because uh, Ralph Kruger has worked with uh, with a professional soccer team. Yes, he right? managed a, a Premier League team. And guess who worked in the same amount of uh, uh, area as Mike Gillies. And I think their mindset and philosophy could work together. Yeah. And I, I would love to see Mike Gillies in uh, Buffalo and have another chance. Because I used to hate on Mike Gillies. I used to. Like, I'm not even kidding. Well, I mean, a lot of people have hated on yeah. um, Jason Botterill as well. A lot of yeah. people have hated on... Like, I usually don't do that to, like, a certain amount of, like... But I picked him, and I, like, used to pick on, like, every single move. And I'm like, why is he doing that? What is he thinking? And then as you get, like, you know, understand, like, the general manager role, and talk to a lot of people, and then, yeah, I think he's got a really interesting background story now. And I think he can bring in and actually work with uh, Ralph Kruger and slowly turn things around and but then again it's like a project buffalo sabers are right now are a project so they have nothing to lose yeah it's not like they need to win right now there's no well i mean their fan base is really on edge right now yeah and i think Dwayne spoke for almost all of them on that phone call when he ripped them apart i've got to listen to that yeah you do um one note on that tampa first rounder yeah that they traded for JT Miller. That's a first-round pick. It can become a first-rounder in 2021 if Canucks don't make the postseason. So if Canucks miss, they keep that pick, and that will become a 2021. So that's an interesting note to keep in mind. I want to go to Dennis Morgan. Yes. So Toronto acquires Dennis Morgan from Florida for Mason Marchment. 
Now, a lot of people are like, well, why would Florida and Toronto, who are two teams that are battling for one spot, why would Florida, quote-unquote, help Toronto? <laughs> a lot of people see this as a win for Toronto. Yeah. Now, to me, I see it as a win solely because Mulligan has a lot more upside than Marchment. But Marchment's a big boy. He's gritty. Um, he can hit. I watched him win the Calder Cup with the Marlies. He is a guy that I just don't think the Leafs have the room for, especially like with Clifford. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a spot, so you go, and a lot of people are wondering why Florida made this deal. Mulligan has repeatedly asked for trades. He wants out of Florida. He's a guy that he hasn't had great numbers, but I think that Mulligan has significant upside. Uh, he was a hidden gem for Florida. I want to believe that. He's only recorded four goals and 12 points in 36 games with the Panthers. Like I said, Marchman's a sandpaper guy. He has 18 points in 24 AHL games this season. Mulligan's a guy who can play center yeah. if needed. He's a small zippy forward who helps his team's transition game. He's not all that strong, but he can. He kind of he gets in the corners. He won't win all the physical battles because he's a smaller guy. He's a his speed. He has a lot of speed. He's yeah. not a real threat off the rush, and he's a decent playmaker. A lot of people say that Leafs. The last thing they need is another another small forward. But this may open the gates for perhaps a Kerfoot trade or something like that. Yeah. We'll get into the Leafs in a second. Oh, by the way, uh, Chris Johnson of uh, Sportsnet just reported Dennis Morgan says says he didn't he didn't request a trade out of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so, well. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, well, that's what the GM said. So exactly. I honestly don't think he liked it there. He wasn't getting much playing time. Who cares if you ask for it, man? I mean, like you gotta like look out for yourself. But I don't know why players or even GMs are so afraid to just beat themselves well, and just be like, oh, I didn't ask for this. Like maybe he's just Andreas Johnson. The Leafs announced Andreas Johnson will miss six months with the knee surgery. Six months. He's out six months. Holy. So that's probably why you acquire a guy like Mulligan. Also. He was Austin Matthews' teammate with the Zurich Lions back in 15-16. Now, that's probably not the reason why this trade was made, but it's a little bit of a, a bonus for the Leafs. So we'll get into the last big trade, which is Alec Martinez to Vegas from LA, mm -hmm. and they acquire a 2020 second rounder and a 2021 second rounder. So two second rounders just like Dylan. Uh, well, Dylan's a conditional third, but probably will end up being a second. Uh, so two seconds for him. To me, I think it's an overpay, a big overpay. I think he's fallen off a cliff in terms of effectiveness, but to me, I don't think he's the answer really like, I don't think he like he, he has term like he has one more year on his contract Martinez yeah I just don't see him being the answer yeah I um they have their decor is uh filled with Nate Schmidt still there England is still there they have Shade Theodore Shade Theodore too yeah it's a big name can't believe that didn't come up and then obviously Alex Martinez yeah they just need to be a little bit more steady in the back so I think it helps him in the short term I don't know what it does in the long term but, uh, I just don't think he, he. He's not. I wouldn't pay that price. Yeah, you're not a big. You're not a big on him, right? I'm so not I just don't know what kind of fit he'll be for. When I heard about like his rumor, when you told me about his rumor, is like, oh, I'm hearing Martinez to Vegas. Yeah. I was like, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know where that's gonna. I don't think Vegas is gonna go anywhere. That's the thing. I don't think anybody. Well, right from now Pacific, they're in it, but see, the thing is, the Pacific is honestly a crapshoot, and I feel really bad because Arizona had that division on lock. 
Almost. But like no one's going to pass St. Louis, though. That's the thing. It's like a lot of these specific teams that they think that they're going to just go on fire like that. No, they're not passing St. Louis. I don't think anybody's passing against St. Louis. It's going to be one of the teams in the in the Central. Well, that's uh, okay, take well, out. at least you get to the second round, maybe. Right? <laughs> but so, then what, though? That's I mean, thing. you what know what? You? I think, so, Arizona... Arizona is, goes to second. Arizona, Arizona meets St. Louis. Huge on that. But if it's like Edmonton or Calgary... Well, if you look at how an injury can deplete a season for a team, which is, I mean, you look at the Pens and how well they did against, like, with injuries and how well they persevered. Yeah. But if you look at how injuries can decimate a team, look at Arizona, who lost Darcy Kemper, and then he was going to come back last week against Montreal and then got hurt in the warm-up. Yeah. So they lose him again without him, and then they lost Jomerson for a bit, and then they lost OEL for a bit. Yes. they and they're a defensive team. That's their strength. And they they won't score those... that much, but they defend to the point where you can't score. That's right. They're and then a... they capitalize on the mistakes. Yeah. So yeah. that's a team yeah. that the injuries derailed them, and now they're they're just hanging on to that last wild card. They need Camper back. Yeah. Um, speaking of Arizona, did you see the Ben hit on OEL? Last night? Yeah, apparently there won't be any disciplinary... Nothing? No, I, I just heard... What a joke. Yeah. See, again, player safety being a joke. That deserved a suspension. That was a dirty hit. Cross-check to the back. Oh my god. Like, And this is... uh, And I get it. OEL and him have a history. That's a hit that you no have to... No fine or no su- or suspension for Jamie, ben, uh, Jamie Ben after his hit on OEL. Oh my god. Puts himself what a joke. This... this Department needs to honestly get lit on fire with everyone in there. Jesus Christ. Alright. Okay, so I know we've kind of held back on this Toronto talk a little bit in terms of... So what I want to get into is, why are they not making a deal? So a lot of people are like, well, they traded for Morgan. Do they really need a guy like that? Well, yes and no. So when I say that it opens the doors for a potential other trade, I think it does. You have a guy like Kerfoot who... Has some value. He's a, a chippy guy. He doesn't have an identity on this team. Like he didn't fit in this third line center. He played on Tavares' wing, but he doesn't have an identity. But the thing is, is that Toronto doesn't have the assets that people think. Like the main asset would have been Janssen. Like Janssen is a guy that you could have moved on from. Mm-hmm. Had some value, but now he's out for six months. Yeah. You can't trade Kapanen. Everyone's throwing Kapanen's name out there, but to me, you don't trade a guy like that. No. He's no. The fastest skater on the team. He kills penalties. He has good and, hands. And he does a lot of things right uh, compared to like... If you look at it, he's got more of a complete game than a lot of those uh, star players. Right? I honestly... like He's a guy you can't move on from. Like He's good for at you least know why? a takeaway game. You know why? Because he's a homegrown Pittsburgh Penguin to play. Yeah, Cause yeah. Because they know how to win. That's what it is. It's, it's seriously... It's a sad truth, but they just know it. It's stuck with them and for a long time. And he's a young guy on a cap-controlled deal... Yes, um, really good deal, yeah. You need speed. Like, if your identity is speed and skill, yeah. why are you trading your speedy and, like, your, your most, like, one of your most skilled and definitely fastest guy on the team? Yeah. Like, you're not going to. I think, I thought that Tampa Bay was going to try to go after Kapanen. I really thought so. Well, I think, I think the Leafs probably got calls. Yeah. Especially after Janssen's hurt. You can't trade him. Yeah. That's why you don't trade Kapanen. So, the Leafs don't have their first and third round picks. Yeah. So, now, all of a sudden, who are your assets? Could Le- could the Leafs have afforded the D men that were traded? No, 
I don't think they could have. Green got a second rounder. Yeah, yeah. So, like uh, I said, it's a it's a big. Uh, I, it's a, I just the don't market think, is crazy. I just don't think that you're you can make a trade right now and honest without giving up something big from the team. Yeah. And I think if they do that, it'll hurt them more than it helps them. I don't know. There could be a big trade. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. What do you just uh, uh, speaking of like trade talks? What do you think about Mike Hoffman going to Edmonton? It would cost a lot. Yeah, to Edmonton. It would it would cost a lot, bec- and I don't think. Because Mike Hoffman's one of those pure goal scorers. And I don't think they move on from him. Because they are still in the fight. In fact, they've taken their playoff spot from Toronto. I don't think they move anyone, especially significant like that. Because I, I hear like some weird rumors about Trotchuk moving too. I heard that, that there was like almost... Not almost, but like, you know... There might be a talks of like Calgary and Florida talking. And then uh, I'm hearing Monaghan going the other way. Trotchuk coming to Calgary... So okay, so while you're on Calgary, <laughs> while you're on Calgary, yeah, yeah. is this the last chance for this core in Calgary? If they don't make the playoffs this year, yeah, no, I are, don't. Are you thinking that now? Okay, I we mean, need to shake things up. And I, Kachuk is the only guy to me that's untouchable. Yes, that's everything right. else is on the table now. Exactly. I, I think you almost have to. If I, if they can't make it with this roster, yeah, you need to look at now. Okay. We need to shake things up because this is not working. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are looking at Calgary differently. Again, uh, it's the expectation. I just don't think Calgary is ready to win now. I think they're still like few years well, I don't away. think they can win the win the cup, but I think they should be in the playoffs. If you look they at should the be roster, in the playoffs. they should be. That's right, but uh, they're saying that it's going to be a major failure if they miss the playoffs. I just, I just don't think I because the thing is Calgary's been so inconsistent. I wouldn't be surprised the if they're the Toronto of the West. Huh? They're the Toronto of the West. Nobody it, is the Toronto of anything. No, if you look at their problems, they're the same team. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, but I, I, that's fair. But I just think that people think that Calgary is better than they actually think they are. But they're not, though. Like that's the thing. You Calgary is still like a young, developing team who's still trying to figure out what they're consistently good at. They are really bad at some some days, and they're really really good some days. L- let it be and then, known that Sherrier is right now wearing a Calgary Flames shirt. Well, yeah, because I, I get to criticize all the team, man. You, I have a Toronto hat, too. Remember that, man. <laughs> okay, so just talking on, like, teams that are not trading players. Like, look at New York. You have three good goalies. Look at the Pens. They have three good goalies. Three good goalies. Jari. Jari, they have Murray, and then DeSmith. DeSmith, yeah, yeah, that's right. right. And DeSmith is another guy who's he's in the minors right now, but he's on a, a cap-controlled deal. Yeah. And it's honestly smart. Like, these... All these guys are like, oh, they're going to make a trade. They're going to make... I don't think so. Because if you think about it, especially pe- Penguins, who have Murray that's injury prone. Now, if Murray who gets hurt, playing especially... Good, no, he's playing good. Yeah. But if he gets hurt, like he normally does, yeah. now all of a sudden you just have Jari. What happens if Jari goes down? At least if you have... This Smith backing him up. That's right. You're okay. And I was gonna say, like, I know this may sound crazy, but Sidney Crosby's actually pretty good at playing goalie. <laughs> I'm not joking. Throw the pads on Crosby. Yeah, exactly. Get your goal scoring. I mean, abilities. he doesn't like he doesn't train and like works with his sister for no reason. This guy is absolutely skilled in all positions. So 
it's uh, it's ridiculous how actually how good he actually is. How much that. do you think the the Pens regret moving on from Murray instead? Uh, sorry, Flurry from Flurry? Murray. I don't think they do. I think I, they do. I, I think it bothers look them at every Flurry day now, though. That's the thing. Flurry's an awesome. He's one of my favorite goalies. One of my but favorite goalies. But he was a fan all. favorite. He was. He was, and he still is. But I don't think they regret it. I, I, I would honestly. Okay, that's fair. Like, look at what he's been able to do and okay. consistently. The only reason Vegas made the finals that year was because of him. That's right. And now, if that they didn't have Flurry, yeah. it wouldn't have happened. And now that he is not as uh, consistent, look at look at them now. No, you're right. You're right. Like Flurry is an absolute stud of a goalie. So and he does everything right. But just touching on the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's saying, "Oh, they move Georgiev. They move Georgiev." Just Shest- a starter there. Yeah. He's already the number one according yeah, to. Yeah, it's Trump. ridiculous. Yeah, it's amazing actually. Do you think they move on from the Kings? I yes. Yeah, I think they should. I, I think they should. To and me, I would love to see him like go to a... Cup. The King could move to a cup contender. And he, I think he should. Now, the only thing is his his cap hit's pretty high. And I think he has one more year on his deal. Yes. But for a guy of his age, he still plays well. I think Georgiev and Chess Jerkin are the... They're the future there. I don't think those two are going anywhere. No, no. They why would you trade them? Yeah, exactly. If I'm New York, I'm not trading them at all. Yeah, that's right. I think those two kids can... And maybe they keep Lungfist, but I think he wants to play. I don't think he wants to... Like, I'm sure he'd help the kids, but I don't think he wants to sit... He like, wants to play, spot. but he wants to play in New York. That's the thing. I think he's, I his think heart's really on. set. Yeah, they, it's a tough thing, but they will. They should move on from him. And I don't know what is a good fit for, for Henrik Lundqvist. Because the only yeah, one that makes a- sense to me... The only one that makes sense to me is the Carolina Hurricanes. That's the only one. Yeah. The Hurricanes uh, are the only team that would make sense to me. But again, Morazic... Well, Reimer's been really good this Exactly. Year. Yeah, your boy Reimer, man. Your boy Reimer, yeah. He's, been, uh, <laughs> he's actually been really good. He's and, had a good year. And Morazic, too. It's not like Morazic is bad. I've always liked Morazic. Yeah. He's an eccentric guy. He has charisma to him. Mm-hmm. He's very emotional. He's almost like a Riddick. They're, they're emotional guys. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, a, good, uh, that's a good way to... You know. And, like, he's really agile. Like, I I really liked him. So, just touching on goalies, yeah. what do you think Vancouver does with Markstrom? Like, if you look at that game in Chicago, they had no business winning that whatsoever. <laughs> that was an absolute debacle there. Yeah. Um, he got me a shutout. Yeah. They got, now, he got a shutout, but a 49-save shutout. But 49 shots. Yeah. And that was Daniel and Henrik Sedin night. Yeah. So <laughs> what a way to win! You know right? when Toronto honored Sundin, not yeah. when they retired him, but when they honored his jersey. Yeah, they Sundin? lost that game. Oh, okay, they lost, and it was an absolute embarrassment. I remember watching it, and I was mm-hmm. like, "You couldn't even win for this guy? Are you kidding me?" So thank God Markstrom stood on his yeah. not only his head. I remember that one. Yeah, he absolutely stole that game for them. And if you just look at the way that they've played this year, yes, the, the Canucks have given up 30 shots in the last nine games in a row. But I honestly think goalies like that. If you look at the way Anderson, like even Freddie Anderson plays, yeah, yeah. when he faces more shots, he plays better than when he just faces 19 or 20, yeah. 25. Yeah, comparing Toronto and to how Vancouver plays, I think Vancouver is starting to play and Travis Green is starting to like come with the system and help players understand that, you know, you're playing to make sure that, you know, when a goalie, when there's a shot on net, on our goalie, the goalie sees it. And Markstrom is good enough to make the save that he's seeing. So they're almost playing like, 
they're skilled. Is they're more skilled team, but they're almost playing along the side of like the Islanders. What they did last but year. Do you? So here, here's the problem. Yeah. If Vancouver re-signs him, yeah. they're losing a goalie in the expansion draft. That's fine. Um, Demko? So, no, no, no. I think they protect Demko. They get rid of Markstrom. What? No, you don't get rid of Markstrom, man. Well, okay, if you look at him last year, last year was like, he would let in the squeakiest goals. He wasn't that good last year. And then this year... We don't know what Demko's going to be this, like. This though. year, I think Demko is the next Ben Bishop. That's what I think. Ben Bishop didn't start playing well Until seven you, years oh, into... I think... I think Demko will be better sooner. Okay, I hope so. Just hope his so. comparable to me is Ben Bishop. They're like I would say a good three years, and I think Vancouver's ready to go and like, um, continue to like you know. I I think maybe a little bit sooner. Okay. Did okay. they need to make the playoffs and like play playoff hockey again? Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah, exactly, but exactly. This will be big. You this have to also remember Edler's aging. He's a little bit older, and he's one of their leaders on the on the back yeah, end. Okay. Yeah, I just um, don't know what to make. Tanev's them contract them, yeah. is up. Yeah. Pretty soon here. So do you re-sign him? You also have to think about money with... You have to sign Pedersen. Yeah. You have to sign Quinn Hughes pretty soon. Yes. And how much are they going to command? Seven. No, well, more than that. Seven. No, no. I think they'll sign him to a nice bridge deal. And then he can make 11 after. You know, I like the bridge deals a lot more. Yeah, it doesn't happen when much. you sign someone when they're 20... So if you... Like, let's say you do an eight-year deal yeah. when they're 20 or 21. All of a sudden... You're at 28, 29, middle of the prime when you're trying to re-sign that deal. And then you just see a taper off. Like, I think I'm just seeing such a big trend with 30, post-30, especially with goalies. Just a taper off of general play and speed, especially trying to keep up with the new kids that keep coming. So you think they re-sign Markstrom? And we'll get into Anderson. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, You think they re-sign Markstrom? They sh- not they can. I think they should But they re-sign. also have Michael DiPietro. That's right, but like, isn't like, isn't he like not eligible to like? He's, well, he's already in junior right now. Exactly. So to keep him and then to get rid of uh, what's his name, Demko. I wouldn't get rid of Demko. I'd get rid of Marshall before I got rid of Demko. Okay, all right. And because I like Di Pietro better. I don't know why. I just like. I like Demko better. Okay. Um, they're really nothing high against Demko. Demko like that. Um, I'm not saying he's gonna be a bad goalie. It's not gonna work out. That's so Frederick Anderson. Yes. When his contract's up, he's gonna be thirty. Mm-hmm. Do you resign him? To me, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not afraid. Sure. I'm I'm dangerously afraid to just looking at look at price. You look at Holpi. I don't think the Caps resign Holpi. Samsonov has stolen that job from him. That's right. They don't because Caps His are going all year. His numbers have declined. Caps are going all the, all out this year. They're yeah, not so, trading. So they're not they're trading gonna, Holpi. Yeah, but they're not resigning him. Exactly. I don't think so too. So no. should tra- I don't think Toronto resigns Anderson. But then who do you have to replace him? Holpi. <laughs> but I don't think spots. you want an aging goalie like that. You know what I would do? Yeah. I wish that Lungfist was in the situation he was in in two years. Because I would have Lungfist for like a year or two. Yeah. Let him retire. He'll, his his like number in, will go up in the rafters the, at Madison Square Garden. Okay. But you take him for a year or two. Like t- Toronto take him? Yeah. Just okay. for, like just to fill. Oh yeah, let's you, have you don't let's, you let's don't go, resign Anderson. <laughs> you don't resign Anderson because he'll be thirty, and then at thirty, he has been a very used goalie. Yeah, and let's. I'm not trying to say he's the bad. Most, what's called the most, like you know, famous hot one of the most famous hockey team, and then bringing a guy from one of the most famous hockey team. 
who is like super fashionable. Like, I don't think they're gonna play hockey. It's gonna be like a good looking boys club oh, or something. Uh, it'll be a red carpet <laughs> as all the guys are walking in. Exactly. And the suits it's gonna be too busy. And again, they're gonna make, but it's just, it, yeah. I know what you mean, but like, it's just crazy. But just I like, crazy. I don't think, it, but the problem is, is that who do you have to replace it? Because like, they have Joseph Wool, they have um, Kaskasuo, who I don't think will ever be an NHL starter. These are, we're talking about Marley guys? Yeah, oh, okay, the Marley guys. Um, okay. I don't think they have anyone who could potentially come in and fill that role, especially in two years. I love Campbell, but I don't think he's a starter. I think he could probably split, but I don't think he could... Like, he'll have, like, 40 games played. Yeah, because e- e- even if you but look, he was at, never given the look at the Coyotes, yeah. they're actually smart. They have re-signed Kemper just to a two-year deal. Yeah. He's good right now, but what is he going to be at 33? Yeah, yeah, that's So right. unless the Leafs could sign, but I don't think Anderson is going to take a two-year deal. But unless you can sign him for a two-year deal, max three years, I only want him until he's 33, yeah, 32. They, uh, to be honest, I want him longer than that. Yeah, to be honest with you, unless there's a pay cut involved, which I don't know if it's going to happen or not, I don't think they can afford a good goalie right now because of... The situation well, is so that this point. is another thing that I'm saying. Yeah. Another reason why Dubas got pushed or Marner doesn't deserve ten point nine eight three or eight nine three or whatever. Yeah. It was. yeah. Same with he same doesn't deserve that. But to me, like, we can say the same thing about Austin Matthews. Uh, Willie, Will, actually, Nylander has lived up to his. Well, project. no. If Eichel could get. If Eichel could get ten and a half, I think Matthew. When I was projecting salary, yeah. I was saying Matthew's gonna get eleven. He's gonna get more than Eichel, and I think Matthews deserves that. Okay. To me, Matthews is the face of the franchise. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because yes. he has a very good two-way game. Whenever he makes a mistake, it's like, oh my god, it's the worst thing in the world. But that's Toronto. That's just him learning um, too, though. That's the thing. He has a he has a very good two way game. To me, like, look, he's put up forty three. He's like him and Pasternak are neck and neck in the race. Pasternak scored last night. Um, yes. To tie with him, but so he deserves his money. Marner deserved around nine nine five. That like that's where I would put him. Nylander's perfect for his number. I like that. Whenever I was projecting his salary, I said six point five. And he got six point nine or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. He that's a good number for him. But now you have Tavares too, who's making eleven. Did you really need Tavares? No. Was way. he like instead of like imagine what the Leafs could do with eleven million dollars of cap space? Yeah, that's right. They could have had Ryan O'Reilly, Marcus Patterson, and Brendan Dillon without eleven million. Yeah, I'm not joking, but that's how it would. Like to me, Ryan O'Reilly is the the player they needed. Yeah, yeah, and he's making what six something. Uh, no, I think he was 7.5. Is he? Okay. I think it's 7.5. But, like, to me... Yeah, yeah, I mean, you got Tavares for nothing, which was great. Yeah. Okay? But... But did you really get Tavares for nothing now? <laughs> yeah, well, now, now they're paying for it. And Dubas got pushed around, and, like, he let Marner dictate the terms. And, yeah, O'Reilly is 7.5. To me, that's a perfect number. That's a great number for a guy like O'Reilly... Who is dynamite on the faceoffs? Very good defensively, kills penalties. He does everything right. But that's why I kind of miss Lamorello. He should have stayed for those contract negotiations. You give Marner, you have this contract, this contract, this contract. If you don't want it, I'll send you packing to Detroit. Good luck playing over there. Good luck playing in uh, in Ottawa. I'll send you to Ottawa so you can play for the five fans that show up now. I don't know. Uh, Shea Weber makes a miracle comeback. 
weeks before he was supposed to. They said he was out four or six weeks with a foot injury. Um, he comes back after a week. Yeah. I I did not like that whatsoever. Montreal knows they're out. Hence why, like, training Scandal yeah. and stuff. They yeah. know they're out. Yeah, Montreal is so, a really weird Why would you rush him back? Like, I know he's trying to help the team win, but you're not making the playoffs. So, he played 21 and a half minutes, uh, sorry, 21-50 in that game against Detroit with Price and Net. They lost. They lost to Detroit in regulation. They've lost all four games against Detroit in regulation this year. Now, it's funny because Montreal's beat Toronto three times, but Detroit only has 15 wins. And four of them are from Montreal. They are... What, two is from um, Boston, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or one or two is from Boston. And Detroit which is... <laughs> has a negative 106 goal differential. That's Neg- insane. You're telling me you needed Weber for that game? And it's amazing how calm, how calm Steve Eiserman is. I love that, man. It's amazing how calm he is. He's like, yeah. you know what? It's fine. Everything will be good. Give me two years. It's ridiculous. Uh, I like, honest, Why would you rush Weber back for that? Exactly. To me... Yeah, Let yeah. him, like, especially with the caliber season he's had, yeah. keep him out for at least another week. You're telling me the doctor said four to six weeks and all of a sudden, like, what kind of rain dance did they do that, like, would he's all of a sudden back after a week? Would you, would you trade away, would you trade Shea Weber? No. I wouldn't trade him simply because that decor needs that leadership. And but are they, he provides that. Realistically, are they going anywhere in the next year or two? No. I don't think the Canadians are going anywhere so for a while. So what's the point of keeping Shea Weber? To me, well, you need someone. Who do you replace him with? Build, though. That's the thing. That's one. But build, they need to trade Price. Price is asking for a trade. He's untouchable. Price is asking for a trade. He's to untouchable. To me, if I'm Price, I am out. Thank you, but no thank you. I can't do this anymore. I don't think he's untouchable. I don't, I think he's untouchable. I think he won't, he won't, nobody wants his, no one wants, wants his contract, him. but he should, like, he could win a cup, not with Montreal, no, he's I, a, like, he's a guy that they wasted him in his prime, wasted, yeah, and now he's, like, on the tail end of his prime, in the latter part of it, it's almost done, yeah, but imagine the waves he could make on an actually good team, like, right. it has to eventually get to you, the fact that, Mont- like, your team's been so bad. Like, eventually, you're at, what do I do? Yeah, that's right. I am on that train where he's asking for a trade. Yeah. I, and I wouldn't I, blame him whatsoever. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that, I know it sounds crazy, but it's not likely of them, but I'm surprised that a team like Pittsburgh never jumped on price, you know? Well, but again, they, they can't afford him. But they, that's what I'm saying. But then again, they, they have guys like Tristan Jari, D. Smith. Like, they just know how to, like, so they were yeah. like, whatever, it's fine, you know? I think, so as soon as Murray's contract's over, yeah. they don't resign him. Murray, yeah. Dari. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dari's been unreal. I think he's proven himself that he could be yeah. a starter. See, they don't need uh, Flurry though. That's what I'm saying. Because this could this could have been Flurry then. This could have been Flurry. Yeah, yeah they were like, they don't need Flurry now. They have Jari now. <laughs> that is, that's I mean, how good these guys are, that's man. True. It's amazing, man. That's these- true. But I mean, the Seattle draft is coming up, and you know that's why Campbell was a guy that Dubas picked up. He still has two years left on his contract, and they can expose Campbell, so they wouldn't have to expose. And Anderson, yeah, for example. So I think that would that's what was an underrated part of that deal. You know who can actually use a, 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 a carry price? Would absolutely make Columbus sense. Blue Jackets. No, because they have Elvis, man. It's Elvis, got but, Elvis. But he got shelled yesterday. Ah, it's okay, man. Okay, One out of what thirty? Elvis something. is a miracle run. I don't believe in goalies that have a miracle. No, no, run. exactly. You he's not at, the next Jordan Bennington. No, All but you look at Bennington is, right now. He's not. Bennington, Bennington is struggling right now. A little bit, a little bit. I think little, he'll find. I don't right. think he'll fall off a cliff. No, look no, at no. Andrew Hammond. 
went on that miracle run, and now where is he? He's in the e ECHL. Yeah. Did you know that? But at, Jordan Bennington is a different beast. Though. Oh, a no. lot of people don't understand what Jordan Bennington did when he was like, he's been winning his oh, whole no. life. I like, that's all we did. Like, yeah, yeah, 100% they're yeah, not yeah. the same story. But I know what you mean. I don't believe goalies on miracle runs. No. Because that goes away. What team could use them? I said Columbus, but... I think, I think, I personally think Edmonton and Nashville can use him. Well, I mean... Because... Why would you re-sign Koskinen? Why? I don't know. I don't and know. Because if you think about it, Smith's been just fine. S Smith has been good, but... Smith will, like, he'll give you two Smiths. One, he'll be lights out. One, he'll be just awful and one he wants to play the puck all the time and it's too aggressive. i don't understand it he's way too i don't aggressive. understand it way too aggressive all he ever want like he like why don't they just let him be a forward then i, I think that's what he wants yeah. like florida's using two defensemen as forwards like they had eight defensemen dress the other day and they're using two on their fourth line why don't you just do the same with smith put him up there on the fourth line maybe he'll score i think nashville would make a pretty good uh sense well nashville is really no, but he, Rene but, is going to be done. But Rene and Soros, lately, so they haven't had a good year before, but now they're they're both lighting it up right now. Yeah, they're starting to play, turn things around. Now, they're yeah. turning things around. I think Nashville sure. might be one of those teams that will turn around at the right time. But, uh, I, I, yeah, Nashville's a really weird mess, too, because I actually had them winning, like, the Central this year. Yeah, a lot, of a lot of, I mean, and even if you look at Yossi, you talked about him last podcast, he's having a Norris Caliber season. No. And he's... But, yeah. They can't defend. Another team. Good on paper, can't defend. Exactly, yeah. So we're going to talk about your boy Ovi. I don't think Ovi deserves MVP. I don't think he should even be in the conversation. No, he's not even should be in the conversation. You know who should be? The guy Dry from Colorado. Side. What? No. The Dry, Dry Saddle's no. winning MVP this year. No. It's a lock. No, it's it Nathan McKinnon for me. It's Nathan McKinnon. You I even, talked about favoring McKinnon. Watch, watch. Look at the points. Okay, Rantanen is down right now. Yeah. But watch, Nathan McKinnon is going to pick up again. Rantanen's out yeah. four to six weeks yeah. with a collarbone yeah, injury. He's, he's Sorry, yeah. he's out weeks. He's going to go back to Finland and do his, like, ser what's called military service. Did Whoa. you hear about that? No. The military service? I'll tell you about it when we when we come closer to Eric Carlson out for the rest of the year. 40 points in 56 games. Is San Jose regretting that? I never understood why they needed him. They had Burns. Why would you need a guy like Carlson if you have Burns? I'm not sure what uh, Doug Murray was thinking. And I don't. I haven't... Carlson is not good defensively. Let's make that clear. He hasn't him, been. Barry. Yeah. They are not good defensively. Yeah. Yeah. They offensively, been the sure. Same. Yeah. And I'm not trying to put them in the same category. Yeah. Like Carlson is definitely an echelon above Barry, but like they're not good defensively. But they can drive offense really well. Like oh, I almost think they should be forwards. <laughs> well, if you think about the Carls, I mean the Burns well, was a right winger. Yeah, so if you look at Burns, Bufflin, yeah, and Bufflin, they were working on a mutually agreed contract termination. Yeah, apparently that's not happening. That's just a debacle. Like that whole situation is just it's just messed up beyond. Like why would you handcuff your team like that? Yeah, I'm not sure what uh, Doug Murray is thinking. I don't think he deserves any pay. Like oh, to Carlson? me, no, Bufflin. Uh, sorry, Bufflin. Oh. Like, I don't think he deserves anything for a lost. Oh, sorry, you're talking about Bufflin. If yeah. you're not playing, then forget it. You're not getting money. Like to me, he shouldn't get a dime for what he's done to that team. Yeah, I don't know the whole story, so I wouldn't know. But uh, anyways, I was gonna speak about Rantanen. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, so he's from Finland, born, raised there. Yeah. So there's a rule, and just Donsko has already done it. 
but there's a rule that if you are in fin if you're a Finnish born player or anybody like who was born in Finland, you have to do like 12 months of military service before 29. And if you don't complete that, you can be in prison. Oh, yeah, you can go to prison. Well, if I wrote you as the right word, but anyways, Donsko has already done that. And he's 34 now. Before he was 29. Donsko is 34. I know, and he look how he plays. What? Look how he plays. He's another guy's in the league, and you just don't even realize. Exactly, and Donsko is one of those players I've always liked. And who has him? Colorado. Freaking Colorado. Yeah, exactly. Think about how good that line's gonna be. Remember last? Remember when when the when when it was all there. Donskoy, Burkowski, and Kadri was that one line. Jared Bednar was like, you guys are new? Yeah, oh, Bur Burkowski. Yeah, yeah just Bur do that. And look, Burkowski has like fit in so nicely now. Kadri fit in when really Kad well. When Kadri's come back, he's going to be amazing too because he's going to be a little rested. A lot of people miss him in Toronto. Yes. Oh, yeah, I miss him too. Like, I really missed him, yeah. Yeah. Freaking Don Cherry misses him. He was one of Don, Don He Cherry's was Don Cherry's boy. favorite. Yeah, wow. exactly. Don Cherry fell off the He was his the favorite you people. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh man, you I, miss, I really miss Don Cherry to be honest with you. I don't know. Honestly, I think they've done a good job of filling in. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really watch but, hockey like, in Canada anymore. But it's, I, it is. What I it watch is. it for Saturday night headlines. I love the headlines. Yeah, I, for me, it's like all on the phone now, man. To be honest with you, I listen to a lot of. If you want to get all the good information, I, I look at and read two things. I look at. I'm I'm a sponsor for Athletics. So oh, yeah, I, 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 I do that all, like, I, I'm on it the whole time. I love and listening to Ian Tollick. He's a... Ian Tollick? Yeah. He works for the, works for the athletic. I'm trying to think about who it is. Maybe I'll know him by face or something. And then, uh, obviously, like, on uh, Sirius XM Canada, I listen to the NHL Network all the time. That's the oh, only reason I have this. So I, I don't have, listen to anything. I else. have XM too, but yeah. I, um, I listen to the music. I don't, uh, <laughs> you don't listen to NHL. You get so many good things right. Right now, what is it, 12 o'clock? It's the power play right now. So you have like all the top notch guys. They're they just talk. They're gonna be talking about the trades all the time. So make sure in the next two days you should watch listen to a lot of that. Maybe I'll give it a go. One team I really want to talk about, yeah. and not a lot of people, and I'm really glad that you put them as studs, are the Flyers though. They're so underrated. They're a hardworking team. Matt Niskanen's having a very good year this yeah. year. The whole team, man. The and whole team is she, just so good. So it's funny because Shane Gostas Bear. Yeah. Actually, okay, so let's start the segment. Yeah. Uh, studs and duds. So, our stud for this week is Sherry for coming on the podcast. And also, the Flyers. Now, I put the Flyers for a personal reason. Because they beat the Panthers twice last week, helping the Leafs out. Yeah. But you have the Flyers as studs for a different reason. So, we'll get into that. Well, because I, they're underrated. I think not a lot of people are talking about it. Uh, Carter ha uh, Hart, who's actually been steady now, uh, as a whole franchise, I think they've just played better defensively. They're but more responsible. They they're more consistent. We have never seen that from Flyers, and they've actually been consistent. They're scoring goals. They're making plays. Ivan Provorov has been, like, stepped oh, up. You know what's funny? I had Provorov last year. He was the worst. This year, it's a complete 180-degree flip. Yeah. And that's Gostis the thing. It's going to happen. Gostas Bear was a healthy scratch earlier this year. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah Carter right. Hart was struggling this year. Yeah. But that team, if you look at the way they're built, yeah. it's they're built very well. Like, Konechny's a hell of a player. Couturier is probably one of the most underrated players in the league. Really fun player, yeah. Like, his two-way game is one of the best. Yeah, and really good. They ha Yeah, and like, like I said, Niskanen's having an amazing year this year as well. Yeah. 
Um, I picked him up late in, in fantasy, and he's been pretty steady for me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah the, the Flyers, um, I don't like them personally, but they helped the Leafs a little bit by being the Panthers. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, the Flyers are definitely, like, I think they have a lock on that wildcard position. I don't know if they sneak in. Yeah. But also, the, the Pens have taken first in the in their division, partly helped from Washington's slide that they've had. But Yes, that's right. But and Ovi in general, too, because, boy, has he struggled again. It's like the same it's situation. Funny. He scored 14 goals or 15 goals in seven games. It was, I think it was 14 and seven. And he just stopped. And now he hasn't scored in, I think it's seven games, or like, at least five games. Yeah. I mean, it happens to everybody, but I was it, just surprised. It happens, yeah, yeah. which is why I don't think he'll beat Gretzky's record. I honestly don't think. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's a fair a lot say. of people are like, oh, yes, you I'm will. just a fanboy of him, so I'm just like, I want him to see it. Because, you know, it'll be awesome to see it. But, yeah, it's you got to be consistent. And you can't go through things like this. Like, yeah. If so, you want to known as one of the greatest scorers of all time. and Oh, I think from, like, that forever is going to be called the OV spot. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be ever called anything else. Remember before OV spot it used to be the Jerome McGinley spot? Because that's what Jerome used to do all the time. What's fu- before we get to the dud? Yeah, you know what's really funny in, in Minnesota? Yeah, their power play unit is just their top forward line and their top defense pairing, and their second power play unit is their second line and their second pairing. They just roll their lines for their power play. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, they just roll their lines. They they don't change anything up, which is funny because that's normally my NHL twenty move. <laughs> where I will put, like, I'll put uh, my, like, top line basically as, like, the power play unit. Yeah. I, I run four forwards. But I've always wondered, why haven't, why hasn't a team done five forwards yet? Because you're, they're not as skilled as, like, where the, like, I know they used to do it. Like, no, no, but if you think you, about it, Toronto yeah. could run a five forward yeah, power play. No, no, but they're not like the Detroit Red Wings of when Larry Yanoff and like what's his name, Sergei Fedorov, okay, Fedorov, and all those guys. When they started doing the four no, forward and one D thing, yeah, everyone was like, "Huh, interesting." Four defense, four forward and one four D. forward one D. Yeah, because before power plays always featured two D. Yes, but now yeah, yeah. you've seen a flip. So why can't you do five? Why can't forward? you do five forwards? Because you just can't. and let them play. I don't think you can. I think you could. I okay. mean, you should. I try. think you should try it. Yeah, yeah. What's going to stop you? Fewest games to score, 100 even strength goals. Ovechkin took him 243 games. Yeah. Austin Matthews took him 244. To Connor McDavid, 276. So, do you think Matthews can challenge Ovi's records one day? Ovi's record? Yeah, why not? He can hit like 600, 700. That's not a problem. I think so. Over the last 40 years, there are these are the players with more even strength goals than Austin Matthews. Wayne Gretzky, get... Lindros, Lemieux, Brett Hull, Timo Solani, Ovechkin. Look at that company that he's in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's... And again, that's exactly what they talked about when Patrick Laine and... Uh, but Patrick Laine has turned into like more of a... He's seen the ice a lot better now this year, which, is, which yeah. has been pretty awesome to see. But um, yeah, no, I don't see why not he can like challenge five. I think he, he's not guaranteed, but I think... Very doable for him to hit 500, and then the conversation starts of like, you know, yeah. is this guy, you know? Um, okay, so let's get into the the duds of this week. Yes. Um, it's going to two separate entities, which are related in yeah. a way. Yeah. Cassian gets it for not learning his lesson and trying to kick a guy with the skate. Yeah. And then the second one is the Department of Player Safety. So they have absolutely this season has been a roller coaster. Yeah. 
of bad calls. I, honestly, I think they've messed it up royally. They deserve the dud, especially this week with their lackluster discipline of Chara. The fact that Ben didn't get anything, what a joke. Those were vicious plays. So those are the duds of this week. Yeah, and they need to they need to figure out them within themselves and figure out like you know what is right and what's wrong and how we can like. I think save. you need to get George Peros out of there. You need someone. Else. You you need someone who was a skilled guy but also a gritty guy too. Or you need a mixture of like both in that department. They Do you have keep, anybody in mind? Not off the top of my head, but I would love to see like maybe like a, a maybe like a Thai Domi. A Thai Domi. I only say that because, like, okay. his son is a skilled guy. Yeah. He was a gritty guy. He knows both sides of the game. I don't know, maybe like a Jeff O'Neill. A Jeff O'Neill, okay. I I don't know. I don't have anybody in mind, as far as I know. Um, I don't have anyone in mind, but I think they need to... Like, they need to change that whole department. Like, they need to overhaul the whole department. Because there's definitely something wrong here. The last thing I want to get into for today... Yeah. is actually something that's not related to the NHL at all. So the NFL draft for 2020 is in Vegas. Now the stage will actually be on the water of the fountains of the Bellagio and players will be transported to the stage by boat. Can you believe that? That's unreal. To me, I think that that's so cool for the game to actually have it in a fountain where the players are going to the stage by boat. Huh. To me, that's pretty cool. For the NHL awards? No, for the NFL draft. The NFL. NFL. So NFL football. draft? Yeah. The NFL draft will be on the water of, of the Bellagio in, in Vegas. Really? Okay. Yeah. So it'll, it'll look something like that. But that is just so cool. I think it's all show. Oh, yeah, of course. It's a show. I, I, I think this is far from the NHL. If, if you're trying to... From what I've seen from my experience last year, going to the draft, it's so much more work. NHL is so much more work than just like look at us. Well, no, but I think that that's something they need to. It's like, not. NHL. If you look at okay Seattle and like I talked about Jerry yeah, yeah. Bruckheimer being part of that ownership group. Like I think that that's something that the NHL is going to go for or go toward. Like I think they want more spectacle, more pizzazz, especially when the outdoor games. I think are a joke. I don't like the outdoor games. I think there's too many of them. I don't like the there are too many star game. Yeah. To me, you could have one every two years for the kids, but like have a World Cup in there. Because if, if you're not going to go, like I've talked about this on the podcast before, but if you're not going to go to the Olympics, I think what's good for the game is seeing McDavid wearing the maple leaf on his chest. I think it's good to see Austin Matthews wearing USA. Yes. I think it's good for the game to see Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes, these guys play together for their country. Pedersen wearing the the blue and yellow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like I think that's things that you like. You you want to grow. That might not grow the game, but it's definitely gonna help the game better than whatever the All Star game was. Like, yeah. Shooting from the stands. Yes, that's great. Yeah. I didn't even watch one event from the All Star game. I think the only one I was looking forward to was uh the ones uh three yeah, on three. I was glad they had that. Yeah, that, that was, was really something. fun. And it was actually super competitive. And look how competitive it was. Yeah. I think NBA did a really good job in the All-Star game this year where people were saying it was almost as competitive and intense like the NBA Finals. Uh, I was mad because... People were upset about the, what's his name, Aaron Gordon not winning. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Gordon. Yeah, yeah. So, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I know. What you're I was about. really mad at the uh, at the dunk contest because yeah. Gordon didn't win it. Like, I don't watch any. You're jumping though. over a seven foot five guy. I think you deserve to win. But going back to like you know how they need to do a draft differently, and like you know showcase a little bit. I just think because NHL NHL guys are actually working during the draft too, as much as they work away from the draft. But isn't that with every sport? I don't think it's like that. NBA and NFL, it's all show. It's all like who's wearing the nicest dress and all that. NHL is all about business, all about making sure. Because I don't think the players, sorry, I don't think the GMs, because the GMs control the, gen, uh, the the draft, right? It's not the players or anyone. So they want to be able to like communicate, chat, see what's going on. So I saw that first time. I'm like, I've never been in a place like that where I got to see GMs work and go on their their whereabouts on a daily like you know basis but it was just for that four hours that i was there for those three days every day four hours and i'm like these guys are actually working they're chatting no one's like you know they're having fun but there's always conversations going jumping from one table to another one end of the ice yeah they're they're constantly on the phone with each other exactly on the phone too yes exactly yeah trying to move up and down in the draft to get who you want yes almost wish that berkey was there uh, to get Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes to play together, that was it. <laughs> I'm always a fan of brothers playing together. Yes. I don't know. I like to me maybe because I have a brother. Yeah. Um, and like w- your brother. I don't like playing with my brother. No. Really? <laughs> against him. Yeah. You, you, you we like actually, we him? enjoy playing against each other. Oh, ah, yeah, that's hockey, interesting. Yeah. So hockey, we always like playing against each other. But it's know, fun. Though, I like, like playing with him, not against him. I mean, it'd be kind of fun to like have a huge glove save against him but like yeah. to me i'd rather have my team i've always been a, a family guy but with that i think we're good to wrap up episode four yes yeah of the podcast so i want to thank you all for listening and big thank you to our guest of the day sharrier thank you for having thanks me. for taking the time yes really appreciate it as always please follow us on twitter so at puck time podcast and at close to the game that's it. <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. Um, remember, uh, we do want to have the question segment, so hashtag AskPuckTime, hashtag PuckTimeQuestionTime. Either of those will work. Send in your questions to me, and hopefully get that question segment going too. Again, thank you to Sherry for coming on and having a guest. Hope you guys have a great week. Yeah, and happy birthday to Phil Esposito, one of the greatest players of all time. So I thought you were going to say Phil Kessel there, also <laughs> one of the best players of all time. He's struggling this year, but uh, you know he's still number one in my heart. I think that he'll, if they make the playoffs, he's a playoff performer, so he'll turn it up there. And then next year, I think he'll be a lot better than he was this year. Oh, before we go, yeah. do you think Calgary is saving their moves and are like are gonna go after because I heard they might go after Toffoli, but do you think they go after Taylor Hall instead? He, he is a Calgary boy. I don't know what they're thinking. I just don't think they should. Do you think Arizona resigns him? I'm not sure. I almost think you. If they can't pick it up, he's gonna want out. Yeah. Because I think he's a guy that's. Been has on, he done anything since he's gone there? He's about a point a game, so yeah. he's been pretty decent yeah. but it's on him as much as on Arizona too, oh, if you think but about to it to me it's I don't know if he either he really likes being the the big guy there the one or he wants out because I think he's been on like he's already been on Edmonton 
during there. Never been a chance. He's he was never given a chance to play with uh, Mick David, which David. made me sad. Yeah, because those two I think would have been really good together. Yeah, like I don't know if he wants to stay in Arizona. I don't know if he would. So to me, does Calgary at least I, like they have to make a run for him yeah. at least? Maybe he's the next captain for the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh God! Well, I, I mean, they're still a little bit away. Yeah, but not just a year and a half. The time's gonna go like that. You're gonna be like Taylor Hall, is a hot commodity. But again, he's free agent now. Um, I just don't know if Calgary. I don't think Calgary should go after him. I don't think Arizona should resign him. He's a guy that he has injury troubles. And he why has, bring in all he that? He has a trouble. Like he has trouble getting a full season together. What did they trade him? What if, what if Taylor Hall actually gets traded before the yeah, deadline? Yeah, so there's talk that he might get flipped. I don't think Arizona has any interest in doing that, though. Yeah. Like, they need to get... Like, they need to maintain their scoring, yeah. for sure. What if they go after, like, Kreider? What if they go after Kreider, and then now Stepan and Kreider plays together, and then Taylor That'd Hall... That'd be won. cool. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. I yeah. wouldn't mind that, actually. Yeah. But you'd send... Would you send Taylor Hall for Kreider? Yeah, I would do that. And you for, like, that? a pick or whatever it is... Because Kreider is going to be like an offensive like juggernaut when he goes to Arizona. That's interesting. Yeah. I think well, you need Kreider in another piece. Like, I yeah, don't yeah. think it's 1v1 there. I think no, it's, no, no. you'd need Kreider in another piece yeah, they, they Hopefully they don't get rid of somebody like Connor Garland. Cause I've, I've been a I big love fan. Connor Garland. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's a big fan. Oh, sorry. He's a, he's a, he's a fan. We're a big fan in, of him. Yeah, yeah, we're a big fan. Of, and he's a fan for in Arizona too. Cause he's, he's, oh, he gives it his all every shift. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Arizona, I think, I think they'll make, I think they'll make rumblings as soon as Kemper comes back. I think, I think he's set to come back this weekend. Okay. I think all they need is him, and they'll, they'll go back to their their usual ways, and they'll they'll go back in the win column. Yeah. Either or, it's been a pretty good season for Arizona if you think about it. If they go to the make the playoffs, well, amazing. they came dangerously close last year. Exactly. So I don't, I think they want to get in. Like, I think they have the new ownership group. Yes, there? yeah, yeah. And I think they want in. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if they want to be as patient, but if you look at Blake Coleman yeah. and that trade, New Jersey got more for Coleman than yeah. they did for Taylor Hall, Yeah, which I think is true 100%. So I think you have to almost look at this team and be like, okay, if they're doing a rebuild, because apparently Vancouver is interested in Simmons, so they might get rid of him too. Now all of a sudden... They're interested in there? Wayne Simmons? Yeah. Oh, okay. Especially with Furlan being out and yeah, yeah. you know just to help it and Besser out. Yeah, yeah. I like I think they know Toffoli will work there, but in, like just to add a little bit more depth and solidify that power play. Yeah. Heard he looked pretty good out there yesterday. When yeah, yeah, he got an assist Pulled last it. night in the game. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought he was pretty good. I picked him in fantasy, so Maybe. hopefully that uh, turns up. But anyway, so yes, again, that is it for this one. So th- thanks, Sharon. Thanks for all listening. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. It was fun. I'm looking forward to doing this again and looking forward to going back and listening to this podcast because I'm sure we had a lot of fun. I always talk. think my voice sounds weird when I hear it. But, but it's all good. You'll um, get used to it. Yeah, that's true. So please enjoy this podcast. Follow me on your favorite podcast outlet. Wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Uh, it is on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker. It's on it's Anchor, on too. Anchor. It's yeah. on I think Podbean. Radio Public. Is it? Okay. Podbean? Um, is it on Podbean? I don't know if it's on Podbean. Okay. But it is on Radio Public. Yeah. So CastBox, I think it's also on there, too. So yeah. whatever your favorite uh, outlet is for your podcast, uh, be sure to subscribe. And enjoy this episode, which has been easily... 
it's almost been the combined length of all of my podcasts so far. Nice. So, yeah. So, thanks to Shara for that. And uh, enjoy this one. And good luck to the Leafs in Arizona. And I guess all of your respective teams. Hopefully, it sets up a good postseason and a, and a good postseason push. And then... Monday's trade deadline day, so... We'll probably have lots more to talk about uh, coming March, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we'll see what uh, what moves come about. I think there might be... Still, uh, like, TSN show might not be as dead as we think it will be. There's some, one or two things will go on. That's Yeah, thing. there'll be a couple big moves. Even last year's trade deadline was kind of meh. It's always July 1st, which is the big day. You yes. see a bunch of signings. But anyway, so thanks again, and... Uh, Keep your eyes open, your ears peeled for our next episode. Thanks, guys.